0: Angry old Benz? Is that what it is? Why can't I grumpy old Benz? Why angry old Benz? Angry angry old Benz. Why are they divers now? What am I doing? <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode number 180 of Grumpy Old Ben's for Monday, July 26, 2021. I'm Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America just outside of Chirac. We're over the weekend, 70 people shot, 12 fatally, and you know, weren't the feds
1: supposed to be coming? And from America's left coast, where you can watch the Olympics like it's nineteen ninety six again. I'm Ryan Bemrose.
0: I thought nobody's watching the Olympics. How do you do it from 96? Nobody watched them on. Nobody watched them online in
1: nineteen ninety six either. Oh, that's the point. Ba- back then, people if they wanted to watch the Olympics, they went there physically. So uh, yeah, about that. I mean, back when they allowed people to go to the Olympics, yeah, physically? yeah, they they let people go. And no, this is just about. NBC, they don't want people watching the Olympics, I guess, uh, you know, the the events are there. They are literally uh, broadcasting this as if they're still the NPS NBC from 1975 and they are the gatekeepers on all information. And therefore, whatever they decide to show you is all you get to see. And they have not really embraced the whole Internet thing. Uh, the events are never live. Um, they said the, the opening ceremonies would be live broadcast at seven Eastern, six Central, which is like seven AM Tokyo time. So that's not when they were doing it. Um, and, uh, when, when you go to the NBC, you know, it's NBC TV, which nobody watches because nobody watches TV. Uh, you can get it online at NBCOlympics.com. If you quote log in with your cable provider. Yeah. So they're they're gatekeeping that they're still provide like, oh, we can't possibly let people see something. We, you know, you know they, and they'd that, rather I see the ratings tank than let somebody who isn't paying them in.
0: Yeah. And I see that a lot, which on the stuff that you can get over the air, I don't necessarily understand for paid channels. I kind of get it. But for things you can get over the air, why it's like, well, verify that you have a Comcast account or whatever in order to view that. It just it doesn't doesn't jive
1: yeah i i don't think people quite understand exactly how much competition they are getting for for the entertainment eyeball and when you block somebody with uh extra friction like that it's going to cause some people to be like you know i can see the event i want on youtube by the way i got another thing about that and uh that is um on nbcolympics.com which is the only place that you're allowed officially to get any of the events not that they haven't all been They'll cross posted to YouTube by now. Um, the, 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 it's imagine if you had to watch YouTube without the search bar. That, that's what NBCOlympics.com is. It's crappy video titles. It's, uh, the, the videos lumped together. Um, you can, uh, you can find a back page for search. Uh, but it doesn't allow you to refine the stir- search. The, the the titles don't give you things like the team names that are playing. Um the the uh uh sub stack that I got some of these rants from because I, I did have help with this one because I don't watch the Olympics, uh said uh they searched for Serbia basketball, and the first result they got, knowing the the game had been played twenty four hours previous, the first result he got was from Rio twenty sixteen. Well, that's, that's not quite up to date. (laughs) It's uh, so uh, news for, I guess news from four years ago, it's still better than 96, maybe. Anyway, um, I don't have a lot to say about the Olympics because, uh, like most of earth, I do not give a crap about the Olympics other than this is a good thing because, um, the Olympics have kind of become, I mean, they've been corrupt for as long as I've been around, but. But the corruptness is is, they are now actively contributing to the wokeness, the death of nationalism. Uh, You know, we all heard about the the U.S. women's basketball team kneeling before each match and then getting drubbed in their first match.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's I mean, uh, it's maddening, really, that uh, we're living in the new woke society. Of course, as you said. This nationalism is a bad thing. So the whole concept of the Olympics falls apart right there.
1: The Olympics is supposed to be about pride for your country. And and we are in a situation where the 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 people trying to drive culture are trying to destroy nationalism. They're trying to destroy pride for your country. So why are we doing this at all? Right. Why are we even
0: competing with each other at all? It's this is not equity. This is not equity. When somebody wins and somebody loses, that is not equity. The Olympics are the perfect example of everything that is wrong with humanity, according to the left, because somebody so, wins and somebody loses.
1: So the uh, the triumph of wokeness over common sense is uh, the theme of a couple of my stories today.
0: Well, yeah, I mean the Olympics. I was never a big fan of the Summer Olympics, and the Winter was only a little bit more exciting because. You know, I liked watching some of the stuff like the you know ski jump and the luge, the stuff where people are doing crazy things before the X Games and all that kind of stuff started, because that just kind of turned into something a little bit weirder for you know old dudes who are like, that's not really a sport. There's a lot of Olympic sports that you're like, wait, that's a sport. I mean, curling, for instance, you and I could be great at because it takes nearly no physical activity whatsoever.
1: But uh I don't know it, it takes some coordination and I, I, that sounds like work. <laughs> I used to love the Olympics back when it was about the sport and when the thing you saw from the Olympics was the competition because that was interesting to me but just like every other sport uh if if you are the the commentator talking about it you it's not enough to show the competition you have to turn it into a narrative you have to explain you know it's one of the things that that was driving me away from the NFL long before the wokeness thing just said i I don't need this anymore was uh the the idea that you you'd go to a game and in between every play they couldn't possibly be showing the the screen on the play you can call this a a drawback of football games they have a lot of downtime in between plays right. and it's part of the strategy. It's part of the, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to defend it. But during that downtime in between the plays, some uh, jackass TV producer came up with the idea of, well, we can fill this space with, with graphics and swooshes. And, and uh, you know, they show uh, things like uh, where the player got, went to school and what their, you know, high school sweetheart wanted them to buy for the, I, I really don't care. I don't care that the players have names. I, I'm i vaguely aware that they're human on the field. But really, I'm just here to watch people smash into each other. Why are you putting this in front of me? And more importantly, why is it still on the screen when the damn ball is snapped, which happens sometimes? Yeah. Well, again, though, this is
0: now it used to be the story, And I didn't mind the story of what they did, how they got to where they are today. But now, again, this is all evil because these people at the Olympics have been spending their whole lives trying to be better, trying to elevate themselves over other people. And that and just that's one of the only
1: honorable things remaining in the Olympics, by the way. <laughs> but is it is, really is people trying to be the best they can? Well, I wanted- okay, well if, if you disregard the, the drugs and the doping and the cheating and stuff like that, then yes. Yeah, but I think for the it.
0: ones that want equity, why don't they just show up? And like, you know, the women's soccer team of the United States, they're all for all this equity stuff. Why don't they just show up and go, we're not going to compete? Because well, that's kind of what the equal. U.S. team did. <laughs> <They> just, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I mean, I've heard from other commentators, including the great Bill O'Reilly, that's like, you know, I kind of feel bad, but I find myself rooting against these teams from the United States that are so filled with the social justice warriors. And that's it. I mean, the Olympics used to be about being the best you could and representing your country. Now. These folks that go and end up, you know, making a mockery of it by being, well, I'm not proud of my country. It's like, well, then let somebody else go. If you're not proud of your country, then why are you going to compete for your country? Go somewhere else. Find a different country. There's hundreds of them. You
1: can probably, you know, relocate. Having Americans root against the American team at the Olympics is, is further evidence that the weather underground is winning.
0: Yeah. The division is real when it comes to all of this kind of stuff the division is absolutely real and that is at the bedrock of a lot of the stuff that they knew needed to be done if you wanted to make massive changes but the olympics yeah there's not as much of a uh, of a sheen to it anymore it's not all that exciting the when it was all the amateur athletes you know you kind of felt a little bit different but then they kind of ruined Olympic basketball when they fielded a dream team and it was kind of like the globetrotters playing every other country.
1: Yeah, how'd that work out? Oh, that's right. They knelt before their game and and then got drubbed in the first round too. Yeah,
0: it's not like the good old days. My dad and my sister went to the Olympics, the Winter Olympics in Lake Placid, and were at the game, the most famous game in the history of American sports. I think with the USA versus the USSR in the 1980 Olympics and they're like you know the place was only about a third full when they started cuz nobody was expecting them uh, to win and that's you know turned into a a great story of uh, a team but the, really I cannot think of another major Olympic accomplishment after the miracle on ice team I mean what would it be I nothing I guess uh, it's, uh, it's
1: uh, uh, Nancy Kerrigan
0: Well, no, see, that was because she took a knee... Uh, well, no, wait. I'm sorry. No,
1: no. no it was Tanya Harding <laughs> that took her name. <laughs> yes, yeah. And
0: Jeff Galouli. Why do I remember that name? Oh my! God. Why do you even
1: remember these names? I know this is the kind
0: of stuff that sticks I mean, in the gray matter of your brain.
1: Tanya Harding was from around here, and and right up until that incident, it was the darling of all of the local media about how a local girl Tanya Harding is competing and is going to be on the Olympic team, and and she's so great. And there was all the human interest stories about her home life and every, and. Then And then this incident came out and they couldn't shut up about her fast enough. <laughs> what?
0: They weren't proud that she went out and uh, injured the competitor so you could get, uh, yeah, it's a different type of miracle on ice, I guess. But the only thing coming out of this Tokyo Olympics thing was the headline on Drudge earlier today, and that was that they have a robot that can play basketball. Well, it can shoot the
1: basketball. Is, is its name LeBron? No, I mean it could be. Oh no, that's an NPC that can play basketball. Sorry.
0: What I didn't understand from the New York Post was the headline: "Horrifying robot plays basketball." That's the only. Why is
1: it horrifying? I mean, are you not- okay? I'm gonna go back. Was its name LeBron? Maybe,
0: maybe. <laughs> um I mean, the thing just like you know, I like, seems to do the job pretty well. But you, when you realize what it's doing, it's uh, a mathematical problem. It has a range finder, I'm sure. And it just gets into position, whether it was from the three point line or from half court. And it just kind of throws the ball into the basket, which is pretty yeah, amazing. I, I,
1: I, I mean, I, I, at the risk of oversimplifying anybody who's, who's played a, a game of worms or, or tanks or whatever it's called these days in on a computer game, you've got direction and power and right. it's ballistics from there. The, the ball is pretty much. I mean, you can you can affect it a tiny bit by giving it spin and other things, but it's really a direction and power, and it's a ballistic movement. It's not even like you know there there are some things that uh, have wings or that take advantage of air rotation, or you know, like a golf ball with its dimples. You're tr- you're supposed to spin it, which really does cause it to have more loft than you'd expect. But no, basketball. It's really just ballistics for shooting. Yeah. Now there are other things about basketball that. You know, NBA, NCAA basketball that that don't have to do with shooting, like like grabbing the ball and taking twelve steps and then bouncing it once and taking twelve more steps. That is a very <laughs> important thing in the NCAA. That it used to be called traveling. Yeah, used to be. It doesn't get called anymore.
0: Well, it's woke now. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be woke. So, uh, yeah, all these sports are having issues trying to. And you know, this has a lot to do with the internet. This has a lot to do. With cell phones and the way culture has changed and the way people consume content has changed. All of these sports, which worked fine for decades, are now like, oh, wait, we're, we can't package this. How do we package a baseball game into a 15 second TikTok video? It's really hard to do. And they're trying to make changes that make the game fit into a different. You know mindset, and that's really making things just worse, I believe. But uh, you know, I don't know the long term where sports is going. I don't know long term where movies are going, where Hollywood's going. There was uh, a lot of stories about the movie theater people now hating on Disney for releasing the Black Widow movie because that crashed after like the first weekend.
1: Um, <laughs> but they're hating him for releasing
0: it. Well, because what? they I, released it onto Disney Plus at the same time okay. as they released well, well, okay. it to theaters. That might be
1: hate-worthy if Disney Plus is sufficiently awful. I don't know.
0: Well, it comes down to they think that's keeping people out of the theaters, but that's really hard to say right now with uh, the whole COVID I, thing I, going on. Yeah. If, if people were going to go to the theater anyway, I don't know. Um But this concept that you can release... There, the there's there's a lot of things
1: keeping people out of the theater. There's one that's claiming to want my medical history before I go in.
0: Well, and the price. I mean, let's forget that even oh. before COVID. Well, that's came what around. was
1: keeping me out of the theater a long time ago.
0: Yeah, it's like it's just like oh wait, I want to go in, see the movie, get some popcorn, and uh, just a, a a water. Well, wait, how much is that going to be? No, I'll just I'll just wait for it to be released.
1: I, 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 I mean, I, the the snacks and stuff that they get there are officially fattening, and and you're supposed to eat them while you're completely sedentary. I've been. I've avoided the concession stand at movie theaters forever, but when I go in and they're like, yep, we're, we're totally, it's $15 a person. What? Right. I, for, for, for what? And that's not even like, that's not even going, that's avoiding the concession stand. And, you know, at some point I'm waiting for the surcharge for the, the mid movie pee break.
0: Right. Would you like us to pause the movie? You can charge. Yeah. Oh, next, would you, yeah, that would be a, that would be a
1: delightful thing. <laughs> that would be a feature, but, I mean, you know the, what? My home theater does have that feature.
0: Yeah, you can stop it. You and can that's go your back.
1: competition.
0: Yes. Now, this is where the difference is, though, with these new movies being released onto pay-per-view or something like that. The biggest difference is not that people can choose whether to go to the movie and pay 15 bucks or whether to buy it on pay-per-view and pay 15 bucks or whatever it may be. The difference is the minute you go to a streaming service or pay-per-view in any way, that movie is going to be pirated in the best possible quality. That is one thing that the movie theaters had going for it. I consider that a feature. I agree. But this is the one thing the movie theaters had going for it to bring people in was if you wanted to see a movie then you wanted to see it in actual good quality rather than and somebody snuck any- their iPhone in and like recorded yeah. the a- whole anybody thing. Anybody
1: from back in the day who watched a pirated movie that was taken on somebody's camcorder. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is why the movies, you know, it kept people coming in because the quality of the pirated copies sucked. And this has been the way it's gone until very recently. Now be it where, uh, until it was actually released, onto a streaming service or on DVD or Blu-ray, most of the time, the only way to see a good quality copy of that movie was to go into the theater. Now that what the pay-per-view thing does immediately, anybody that watches that on pay-per-view can, if they know what they're doing, get a perfect digital copy or at least a very close digital copy, and then be able to send that out across the world for free to everybody who didn't want to pay. So, the piracy aspect is huge when you're doing the streaming thing because no matter what they try to do with the DRM and all that, there's always ways around that to get a copy for the people that want to pirate the stuff. It's not yes. hard.
1: And the the piracy aspect is actually huge, and I hadn't even thought about it because, of course, as somebody who is is honest and honorable, and I would I would never pirate things. My main reason why you, you didn't even scoff at me. Wow. <laughs> Hey, I figured you were doing enough of that internally. Uh, It was hard. Um, It it was hard getting those lines out Uh, as uh, the piracy aspect was not even something that I had considered. I don't go to theaters. And part of that is, is, you know, there's the whole human contact thing, which some people are still into those weirdos. But um, it's the movie theater experience is not a great experience and has. Not really changed other than becoming more expensive and maybe the floors are a little stickier over the last 40 years. Whereas the competition for it, which is the home theater experience, even the legitimate home theater experience where you've obviated costs by charging an arm and a leg to watch it in or the, even home movies. The you know, Blockbuster was destroying movie theaters back in the day. I remember people freaking out. Oh, theaters are going to go away because you can rent videotapes. Like, you know, videotapes are really yeah. crappy quality, but it's a much better experience. Yeah. And it's nowadays, nowadays you can get a projector or an 85 inch or 200 inch TV or something. And you, you can. I mean, if you've got the space for it, you have a better experience in the movie because you can pause it. Uh, the food is cheaper. Uh, you can, hey, you can talk with people you want to talk with. I, I don't, I, I don't have any sympathy for movie theaters.
0: Well, no, the technology has gotten so much better. You can pick up a portable uh, projecting device for only a few hundred bucks, maybe a thousand, if you really want to. I mean, you can get way fancier than that. But you can get a pretty good picture out of a fairly cheap device and then put up a sheet in the backyard and have your own outdoor movies, too, which a lot of people do. in when the weather is nice, it's harder to do that in Chicago when it's 40 below. But these things have made it easier for people to enjoy whatever they want to watch, where they want to watch it. The theaters around here, there is one that went up after our local grocery store closed. Now, like, what do we do in the grocery store? There's a big building over there. They opened up a more boutique kind of movie theater which i've never gone to, but reading on their website when it opened up it was more of the seats like we have at home, the theater seats, you know the nice lazy boy kind of things you know it's a nice spread out kind of so it's uh, a different concept a than place
1: the, a place where you can manspread
0: right exactly, and that is what they need to do and I've read about some. Of the movie theaters that sell alcohol now, which of course can cause t- totally different problems, but there's more upscale things. My movie things. theater
1: always has alcohol available too,
0: if you sneak it in. Um, there are some. No, that are, no, I mean at home.
1: Well, right at home, right? Or the, I, well, I do sneak it in too. The Bem-Rose Theater. Rose uh, Theater. Are you some, kidding me? I, it's the same thing I do at the ballpark. Is you always sneak in a few of those little tiny airline bottles, and then you order the 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 6 gallon coke or whatever it is for 49.95 yeah yeah <laughs> uh
0: but you know they they're going that upscale route there are some that have actual decent restaurants in there so people can come and go and have a a nice meal before going in you know it's not just the theater hot dogs and stuff like that so there are some places that are trying to uh upgrade that experience but for the last 10 20 years plus Doing it at home has always been better for me because you got a big screen television and I have an audio system that is up to the level that I would like. And the last couple of times we went to the movies, my wife and I, one of them, we saw the uh, Suicide Squad movie and I left. Well, we left. I mean, I didn't leave my wife there,
1: but I mean, you never Uh, know. Suicide Squad was that movie like 12 years old. The I think it was the
0: second one. It wasn't. uh, It was Uh probably, though, uh, it was before the whole I issue thing started. So it was maybe like six years ago or so. Okay. And
1: Um. it was so loud. Oh, yeah. That's uh, the Jared Leto. Yeah, never mind.
0: Yes. Yes. And it was a different one. It was so loud, but we had to leave. And I like loud stuff. I mean, I saw Uncle Ted in concert without earplugs in the House of Blues. and Which is
1: why you need everything loud afterward.
0: Yes. And this was so loud. I was like, I just can't take it. I like loud, but this was just so loud. It was beyond comfortable. And it's like, no, I will never go back to a movie theater to watch a movie. And I know we're we're old white guys. Yeah.
1: So here you have it. Come to grumpy old Ben's for to hear two old shut ins tell you that you should avoid one of the last places that you'll ever get any human contact.
0: No, I mean, that's not true. You can (laughs) you're not supposed to talk in the movie theater now where you should go.
1: If the sport well, okay, there's another feature. I can talk in my own theater. Yes, you Cause, can. Because a lot of these movies are so freaking bad that I have no choice but to make fun of them while the movie is going on. Wow, that was the ultimate
0: diss in the troll room, sir. Omaha wants to know: Is this rare encounter? What are you? Get him! Boot him! Boot him out of the troll room right now at No Agenda Stream. I I don't
1: know how to do that. <laughs> um,
0: but you, the sports. That's the place. Oh, the other thing you they don't do, if you like the movie's so boring to decide to start checking the Internet on your phone or your tablet, people won't hit you if that happens at home. Well, your wife might. So I, there's your mileage might she vary. Does. But sports, this is where the baseball games, the best thing about most of the baseball games I've ever gone to in person was talking to who you went with or the people that you met there. Or we had a lot of friends that had tickets in the same section when we used to go to the White Sox games all the time and that was the place to go and be social not going into a movie where people start talking and yammering where you're trying to hear the sports is the place you should go be social but the sports all suck although as you said you have minor league baseball which i don't think anybody's ruined yet so it's cheap there's usually good concessions go to a minor league baseball
1: game and uh, enjoy they they have let wokeness creep in uh but it's not as bad it's not as in your face and i still maintain that the benefits of going to a minor league stadium being there in person it outweighs the a lot of the because you can i mean i can see the expression on the pitcher's face which is something you don't get in a big stadium ever and the pitcher can hear you when you yell something so that's also different. yes <laughs> yes and and chances are because a lot of these people are very very not professional baseball players even though they're getting paid um, there, there have been times when it's pretty clear that heckling caused somebody to screw up a play. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, that's half the fun right there. It's kind of yeah, like why we is. have the troll room. Heckling will screw up our plays, but it, it's hopefully more entertaining <laughs> then. That's the, that's the goal anyway. I don't know if we, we achieve that all of the time, but we certainly try.
1: So that was, yes, that was our entertainment segment. Of the yes. show.
0: Yeah. Hey, I am Abel Kirby. You're listening to Rare Encounter.
1: Yes. Well. Uh, I mean, okay. I, I for the purpose or for the benefit of our fans, I do promise not to bring any anime to Grumpy Old Benz.
0: Right. I mean, we, that is definitely not in our wheelhouse. Although, you know, so it could be at some time.
1: Um. So, how about those uh, murders in Chicago? Uh, is that a problem? I mean, I know there's. Well, actually, a, is murder a problem? I mean, really? <laughs>
0: You've been in Chicago too long if you're asking that question. It's a. Uh, I mean, you would think. At some point, it would be a self-cleaning problem, but as of yet, they keep finding more people to shoot because you would think eventually if it was, you know, gang violence running out of control, you know, I guess they keep increasing the the thing that's been making news, which I think was even the uh, top story on Fox News earlier today is all about how dangerous the Chicago Expressways are. And this is. Having an effect. I mean, my parents are a little bit older now. They're in their 80s, but they had White Sox season tickets for 35 years or so. And they gave it up when they were both having some health problems. They're both relatively healthy now, but the talk was, you know, no way they would want to go drive on the Dan Ryan. To get to the get to get to the stadium, which is how you would go from their house. I mean,
1: I mean, are, are is do are people getting shot on the expressways yes. or how, what, what exactly is happening? Yeah. Car to car shootings. And uh, really from, yeah, from like the overpasses. I mean, there's um there's been a I mean, around here, the worst thing you have to deal with is 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 road rage because, well, because around here, there are two classes of drivers. There are the people who are sitting in the left lane going 53 degrees and uh, 53. <laughs> <laughs> going 53 miles per hour. But it might be force. 53 degrees. But yeah. the people that, you know, camp in whatever lane that they decided to be in three days ago and are going under the speed limit. And then there's the people who want to go faster or want to go a lot faster and are flooring it and weaving in between them at 80 and that causes all of our problems on the road because inevitably one of them is going to crash into each other, and then all traffic stops. And and but we don't have people shooting each other, so that's foreign to me.
0: Now, according to Fox News, there have been 137 shootings on Chicago area expressway so far this year. Oh, holy Sunday. crap! <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. There were 128 shootings in all of 2020, and 52 I think, I, in 2019. So yes, the it is a growth market.
1: I think there was a shooting on a. Plus last year but otherwise i i can't think of it <laughs> yeah yes. okay uh,
0: also uh, it also points out arrests are infrequent in chicago area expressway shootings oh that's not a surprise they are rarely fueled by random road rage so i mean a lot of this is again you know gang hits well, things you, like that you,
1: you don't have the endless uh you know the, the constant accidents of somebody running into someone doing 45 in the left lane so it, it, you don't have the the expressway is suddenly stopping, so that makes them a lot harder to catch. Right.
0: Well, that's it. And on the Dan Ryan, they're probably going a hundred miles an hour. So you just get up. But, but <laughs>
1: everybody is, so it's quite efficient. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's uh it's an interesting experience, but this is a you know one of the downsides of letting this stuff continue to go unchecked. And I don't think there's a question that if you go back again, 2019, 52 of these events, 128 last year, already 137 about halfway through this year, they're doubling, more than doubling year to year, which shows you the law enforcement either is beyond their means at this point, or it's the case of, like with all of the random retail theft, which is going on in the Chicago suburbs now, I've heard from a few people That work nice. at CVS and Walgreens do, do not, and things
1: Has as the the tendency to not enforce laws moved out to the Chicago suburbs yet.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, well, especially okay. now out where I am, it's a, it's outside of Crook County, which is the county that Chicago's in. But a lot of the suburbs of Chicago are in Cook County, which means it's the same thing. It's that D.A. Oh, yeah. That was the guy. For. Yeah, huh? Well, a girl, yeah, Kim Fox uh, uh, in mean,
1: how can you tell in Chicago? It's it's always hard to tell. I mean, look at Beetlejuice,
0: Beetlejuice, 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 and uh, she's doing such a fantastic job. I mean, Uncle Joe Biden just sent twelve point five million dollars, and some federal help was supposed to be showing up last week, but uh, you know, things as of yet aren't taking a turn. Joe is worried about the you know the gun dealers; they're the ones you want to worry about because you know the people shooting each other. Yeah, um, the, yeah. the ones ways. pulling the
1: triggers are are generally disadvantaged and from some sort of systemic people of of the modular order or whatever the new term is. Yeah, who,
0: oddly enough, don't go to the gun stores to buy their guns. So, I mean, there's. Uh, well, then how
1: do they get them? It's magic.
0: You could yeah, buy is. them on the street, like the drugs, which they don't want to talk about either. I mean, that's. Well, uh,
1: if you want to talk about uh, roads a little bit more, um, I. I. I've got a very, very woke story. I, you know it's woke because this is from San Francisco. Oh, well, and, that must uh, be good. They, they are going to introduce congestion pricing in the downtown zone. And oh, like uh, yeah. the first place I remember seeing about this was London. I don't know. I don't know if there's anywhere in the U.S. that implements this. Probably. I knew New York is is going to be introducing it soon. But uh, I, I saw their proposal and uh, the big brother was looking over my shoulder just reading this proposal. So I thought I'd bring it to the show. Um, so the problem that they're having, by the way, is uh, record level of congestion in 2019. That is exactly what the way that they stated it. And I would point out for uh, for any math nerds out there, um, when you take a data set and you apply the maximum function, it generally yields a value. And that value is your record. So there's always going to be a record. And given that growth continued unabated, that record is generally pretty recent. And the most notable thing about this is 2019 was two years ago. That means that for two years, it's been down, but record level of congestion. Okay. Um, San Francisco is going to create a downtown zone, uh, everything north of division and east of Van Ness. Um, drivers would quote, Drivers would pay a fee to cross into this boundary during rush hours. First problem. This requires tracking people because well, there there's, there's about 40 streets and they're not going to put checkpoints in. So they're going to start, they're going to have to find a way to track every driver on every one of those 40 entry points. And by the way, you don't shut them down and, and limit access. You want more congestion. That's how you get more congestion. Uh So, there, I mean, I I don't know exactly how London does it. I don't know how, but boy, I really am not a huge fan of of suddenly having all of my movements tracked for that. Because you know damn well they're not going to take the data and only use it for charging the congestion fee. They're going to track when and where you crossed into the zone.
0: Right? All you overprivileged people who have vehicles, how dare you come into? Oh, city? oh we're getting there. <laughs>
1: Um, but, uh, according to the proposal, uh, so the, the rush hours are going to be six to 9am, three 30 to six 30 PM. Um, six 30 PM seems like a very early end. Maybe I'm used to Seattle traffic, but rush hour around here doesn't end until seven 30 or later. Uh, okay, fine. Um, it's going to be a base fee of $6 and 50 cents, uh, per just to enter that zone. Um, that $6 and 50 cents though, uh, you only get, you only have to pay that much if your income is more than a hundred thousand. Oh, and in well, fact, if yes. your income is less than forty six thousand dollars a year, well, first of all, you're homeless in San Francisco. <laughs> uh no, you have a car, but though. So you then can live there. then you don't pay for the fee at all. Well, no, so see, it's prorated.
0: I'm surprised they're not paying you to come into the city if you're if you're that poor. <laughs>
1: um, and then they're adding on just by the way, a per trip fee for Uber and Lyft. So more tracking, I guess. Um the part that really jumped out at me was a huge section in the proposal that said, quote, making sure pricing programs are fair. And uh, they said uh, inequities have long been ingrained in our transportation system and are still present today. More cars on the road disproportionately affect low income communities of color because they are more likely to ride the bus, live in areas with more collisions, have health impacts from asthma or pollution or spend a disproportionate amount of income on transportation. This is in a government proposal where, uh, I I mean, I guess I shouldn't even be surprised anymore that governments in California are being openly racist. But, uh, okay, ride the bus, uh, spend a disproportionate amount of income on transportation. These are features of being poor, not features of being black. Well, no, but don't Uh, you understand?
0: Only the minorities are poor.
1: Maybe I that is, by the way, some of the worst bigotry that, that, that people in these cities are even. You think? It's, that's, that, it's horrifying to think of just how condescending that is to, if I were in San Francisco and I were one of these people and somebody said, well, we know because of your skin color that you must be poor and you need help. I'd punch him in the face. I'm like, what the hell? Don't, don't assume. Anyway, maybe. Maybe I'm too privileged to understand. Um, so they say, uh, we're looking at congestion pricing to flip this dynamic by charging a fee to drivers who can afford it and providing discounts and exemptions to those who can't. Um, I, I will give them credit. Despite the woke language, there is nothing in this proposal that is actually saying your skin color should change how much money you pay. <laughs> it is all about knowing exactly how much money you get, which, I guess isn't that hard. California has an income tax. You're required to file it all, or, or base the state guns anyway. But um, at least the pricing is in this proposal dependent on income tax. But there's a lot of language where they'd really, really, really like to base it on your skin color, too.
0: Well, well that's what they will. Again, this is all about causing more divisiveness, as a lot of these government programs are. But this is a, uh, a very bad precedent when you start charging people different amounts now this is the the government doing it so i mean if the government can do it why can't uh, mcdonald's do that so you go in and mcdonald's i mean you got to provide them with whatever information so they know how much you make in a year I, and everybody pays I,
1: different I, I, because if mcdonald does it then i would never eat at mcdonald's again which i mean wouldn't be any change from what i do now but true I, I, I if I could, I would not be whining about this if I had the option of opting out of the government. I can opt when a company does something so monumentally stupid that they've destroyed their entire business model. People stop going there. The company goes out of business. Self-solving problem. The problem is that we can't opt out of the government and it won't go out of business. They'll just extort more money if they manage it badly enough.
0: Yeah. Which I'm surprised their uh, broadband thing, I guess, is failing that it's only a small amount of people that they say that are eligible because this is going on already. We brought the well, story. They to Grumpy can't find another, enough
1: people of color.
0: They, I guess they can't find people who want to beg for their money to get cable that what it comes down yeah. to. So, I mean, either the, people don't know that the program's there or they're like, I don't want to be that guy. I can afford my cable, you know, my internet, but, oh, the government will give me money for it. Um, uh, A lot of people would have a hard mm. time not taking <laughs> the money, uh, but, there, I guess a lot of people are not, but this is already going on with that, which is, oh, you're you don't make enough money. The government will help pay for your very vital internet.
1: Yes, yes, because we we have to have equality of outcome everywhere, and yeah. y- even if people are less useful to society and not worth paying as much, we we just ex- steal money from the people who have money and and mm-hmm. give it to the people who don't, and and then everybody is equal and everybody's happy except. Of course, for all the divisiveness you've sown and everybody hates each other. And then we have an increase in violence and everyone gets poor and then everyone is competing for what resources there are, even if those resources are just food stamps. And eventually you get full socialism and people go all Cuba and try to get out while you've got people from a wealthy capitalist country nearby wanting to get in.
0: Yes, I don't quite understand that, but But just make that swap. So the last point I
1: had. On the, uh, the congestion pricing is, uh, you know, they were talking about one of the problems they are trying to identify is the, uh, and, and solve is the inequity above amongst people who are uh, low income communities. And, uh, they, because low income communities drive much more than high income people and they need to somehow help them out. So one of the lines in here, different section was, A full exemption for the lowest income drivers plus different discount levels for other low and moderate income drivers. So if you don't make much money, if you're low income, then this fee won't be charged to you, which pretty much incentivizes more driving for low income, which increases the disparities that they called out that they're trying to solve. So they're not even very good at at this thing that they're trying to do.
0: So this is going to guarantee that only the poorest of uh, the poor could be Uber drivers, because then they can just go in and out of the city without having to pay any fees.
1: Well, and and the the wealthy Silicon Valley activists, I mean uh, programmers, uh, who find six dollars and fifty cents in the in the you know when they pick the rocks out of their wheel well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's I I don't get it. I don't understand this path that people are on when it comes down to treating. People differently based upon, well, one, they're trying to make it about race, but even when it's not about race, it's, oh, well, it's you make more, or you make less, so you can be charged more. It's like, no, this is where that's liable to to be accurate is uh, or where that makes sense is things like income tax. But beyond that, this, this is going to get really bad if it comes it's down really to not things. a lot
1: about income tax. that makes sense either. But well, that's I, true.
0: That's true. But I, we, we can keep, if you make more, we can keep charging you more. The percentage can keep going up, up and up because well, yes. that's We're right up
1: until you reach, reach the plateau where you can you you have enough money to spend more of it on uh, accountants who, by the way, uh, the accountants are worth by once you reach a certain level of money, it's worth the time of the accountants. It's worth paying them because they save you more in money. And, and then, you know you get up to uh, an income of uh, say 100 grand which is is close to the poverty line in San Francisco and those people are getting fleeced you 200 grand you're you're getting a, a huge portion of but then once you get up around you know 2 4 5 million a year and now you're not paying taxes anymore because you're you're entering in the realm of the elite who just get around it because of loopholes and I, anyway
0: and having businesses, although that's not entirely a loophole. But yeah, but yeah,
1: well, the, then you, then you hide your money in the business and they decide to shut that down and fleece them, too.
0: Which is also where a lot of this is just so disingenuous when they go after some of these uh, people that have companies like, ah, they didn't pay anything in personal income tax. Well, some of these guys, I mean, Warren Buffett was famous for a long time for driving like a 20-year-old Honda or something and not spending a lot of. So if he's reinvesting that in a business and he's not paying himself, just because he generated the money doesn't mean he's taking the money. And these these are the guys that create all the jobs. As much of a douche that Jeff Bezos may be, there's a lot of people in this country that are employed by Amazon and making some pretty decent money. Now, are they working a lot of hours? Sure. but You know, there's two people in my very close family that work for Amazon and they're not complaining, you know, and this uh, without him, these jobs wouldn't be there. So there's, you know, the economy relies on companies to actually employ people. Now, what the government would love to do is get rid of all those companies and make everybody work for the government. So then they can control you completely,
1: which which in theory would cause the government to suddenly have a massive shortfall. If everybody's income drops immensely, then you know, where are they going to get their money? But they've got an end run around that by just printing more money and going into hyperinflation. Right. you know, because what, what could possibly go wrong there? Nothing, nothing at all. So I have, I have another story uh, this time from across the pond of a gender discrimination and wokeness. But uh, I've been monopolizing the stories. You got something you want to bring? Well, I
0: thought this was interesting. This was a Business Insider story. The headline: "A man used AI." Are you listening, CSB? He does a great AI podcast. A man
1: used AI. Oh, CSB gives great AI
0: to bring back his deceased fiance.
1: But the- <laughs> there was, in fact, a Black Mirror <laughs> episode with that plot.
0: That, that, funny enough, that is mentioned in the article. That that's kind of what this seemed like but um because it says it may sound like a miracle or a black mirror episode but the ai creators worn the same technology now this is okay this is this i want to bury the lead for a minute but what What please do what he did was created a chat bot by giving it some information about his dead fiance and access to a bunch of her old messages and we've talked about this deep fake stuff And how these algorithms can basically go through all of this data and do a pretty good job of spitting out text in the style of the person that it learned from by taking all of their writing. So you pick up the weird little things that maybe they'd say, you know, the words that they favor, the mistakes that they make, and it tries to create a bot which. Again, this is weird. I mean, I don't know if I would find this to be helpful in any way. You know, if you had somebody that was close to you. You that
1: you, you, you have an actual human who who lives with you and shares an emotional connection. Right. Most people don't get that anymore. I think this is absolutely the wave of the future. This is how relationships are going to go <laughs> in the future. The only thing I'm not sure about is if it is it is going to become much more viable because AI is getting that much better or because our relationships are all online and are that much shallower.
0: Well, now this is trying to recreate somebody that you had a physical relationship with, which is a little different than having a whole relationship with the bot, which I'm, I'm with you there. I
1: think we're going, I mean, was it a physical human or was it just like a Facebook friend? Because those (laughs) are pretty easy to deep fake these days.
0: Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. But no, this wasn't actually human, which made it even weirder. You know, if my wife passed away today, I don't think I would program a bot and continue talking to the bot. No, that's
1: creepy as hell. Yeah,
0: a normal person is not. No, yeah, I don't know what that does to make your experience your pain better. How to ease that? I don't understand. Now, I I understand maybe going back and reading previous you know in, interactions you had or something like that. But this is just weird. But now, what the warning is, of course, Business Insider. That says it may sound like the Black Mirror episode, but the AI creators warn that the same technology could be used to fuel mass misinformation campaigns. So we're right back, yeah, we're by, right back to Facebook, yeah, and we're back to fake news. Though we're back oh, yeah. to misinformation, which is uh, you know the the dirty dozen. That are spreading all of these and lies exactly, online about the covids and the vaccines. I bet the, and
1: I bet the FBI could really benefit from this technology for the, for really scaling up their six week cycle.
0: You know, that, well, that's because half the people, you don't know if they're real or not. But as we've talked about before, the open AI group, they still haven't released their latest version of this software that can recreate you know they're like oh this is so realistic we we can't even put this out there and i remember kind of scoffing at that when we first reported on it that this this will make too realistic text that people will be fooled by and it's like well i think that's going on already and this is the main problem that you have with the internet social media and that is when somebody goes to a twitter or whatever social media site you're on and they read something, I think the people listening to us have a pretty good bullshit meter that go, ah, this seems like a bot. You know, unless you know the person, you're like, "This, this could very well be a bot. But I don't think the average person ever goes to Twitter and thinks, oh, wow, these accounts that are constantly trying to stir up problems, that they're not real people. And I think a vast majority of them may be not real people. I,
1: I think it's safe to assume. And I'm, I'm not saying it's correct to assume, but I think the safest course is just to assume whenever you encounter another account on Twitter, it's bought.
0: Yes. You know, even if you know the person, I mean, to to be fair, but if you, I even this, if you
1: know that the name of the person, like it could still be an AI posting as them.
0: Well, no, but I mean, we, there's things we need to do. You know, social media is helpful to, you know, pimp the grumpy old Ben show or random thoughts. Now, if I was able to just flip a switch and have a bot act like me on one of these social media things, I'd probably do it. Be like, go for it.
1: I mean, does the word bat signal mean anything?
0: Well, the bat signal, you, you I have to actually have. push
1: the button and then it does oh, that. Oh, you have to push a button. Yes. I mean, I have to push a button. And then, and then a, a, a rudimentary AI that we call a script will go ahead and log in to social media and create a. Words that it puts into your mouth and push them out there without you doing anything else. Well, those are always
0: I, the same words, but it wouldn't be hard to write a script to pull something random, sure. uh, like, or, uh, or to like, have it I respond mean,
1: on, on at CSB on Twitter, which you know is a bot account because <laughs> the guy behind it writes bots. Like, you, I, if I was CSB, there's no way I would type anything into Twitter. I would be writing an AI every time I wanted to write a tweet. It'd be like be like the Bourdain bot from last week, right? Where you're like. I need exactly one tweet. Give me 280 characters and then I'm killing the AI. It's just going to be just AI carnage everywhere.
0: Yeah, that's uh, the world is getting to that point to where you're never going to know what you're consuming. And that used to be, oddly enough, text was one of the harder things to recreate decent writing because the bots, you know, just weren't that that you could usually tell Um, the fact that it's getting harder to tell when machines actually can publish whole news articles and things like that, the fact that, you know, they have the ability to recreate somebody's voice now and that they have the ability to recreate the way somebody looks. Now there was, I just caught like a minute of this and it might've just been a, uh, um, a little teaser for an upcoming McCartney, Paul McCartney video was his, his new album that's coming out. He just released an album McCartney three but they're re-releasing it with every track has been reworked by somebody. So a lot of these like DJs and that they do all this, you know, more modern music are putting their spin on it. And the video was very believable of a young Paul McCartney, like walking down a hallway and it was, you knew what it was, but if I wouldn't, you know, if you wouldn't know who Paul McCartney was and that he's 80, whatever years old now, You would have believed this was a video of a young Paul McCartney at like 25 years old making the video and singing. And it is very concerning to me that this technology (laughs) is there. Paul McCartney live from the uncanny valley. Yeah, this is but this is where it's like, you know, Paul McCartney is most likely going to be making music long after he's dead, which is weird to me. You know they have I, the ability to recreate this stuff and take little snippets and recreate uh music and the video and w- seeing is believing is no longer the case you you it's crazy
1: I I fortunately I'm way ahead of the curve I don't believe anything I see either Well you are winning then you are winning the game I'm winning yes <laughs> It's the tiger blood
0: yeah, well it is Charlie Sheen. That guy. He's, he's disappeared ever <laughs> since the uh the AIDS thing.
1: Uh yeah, he well, I, I mean, didn't he get canceled because he once said something that wasn't awful about Trump? Probably. Which uh, yeah.
0: you know, how dare he? How dare I, he have I his voice? I still
1: hear his voice occasionally when I listen to drops on on uh abs in a six pack, though. So he, he, his legacy lives on.
0: Well, that's all you can hope for is for your voice to live on in yes. a random podcast.
1: So, there is an ad firm. In England somewhere uh, called J. Walter Thompson. Uh, I've never heard of this, but maybe their their household name there. I don't know. Uh, But in twenty eighteen, the company published a a report which noted that the quote median gender pay gap in their company was forty five percent. I don't know exactly what that statistic means, and I wasn't able to find the study that was published. Uh, so I'm kind of going to assume that it was bull crap, but it was enough to convince their top level executives to want to get rid of their, their sexist madmen image and to convince people that they are, uh, gender equitable and that they, they are, are, you know, diverse. So they appointed a creative director, um, a lesbian by the name of Joe Wallace. And I'm not I'm not trying to slam her. This is actually how she self identifies um, who gave a uh, who came in for the purpose of fixing their gender pay gap. Uh, she gave a diversity conference called Crisis, the Mother of All Change. OK. With- That seems like a bit of hyperbole there. Yeah, you don't want Uh, want to let
0: a good uh, crisis go to waste.
1: uh, Or or, or if you don't have a good crisis, you need to create ones. Now, this uh, uh, J. Walter Thompson,
0: an advertising holding company incorporated in 1896 by American advertising pioneer J. Walter Thompson. Okay. They've been around a Uh, long
1: time. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a, a venerable company and apparently full of white men, which again what is <laughs> was what they wanted to get rid of. Yes. So, um one of the things that Joe Wallace said during this conference is, quote, "One thing we all agree on is that the reputation JWT once earned as being full of white British privileged men has to be obliterated."
0: Of course, because it, we that's part of what built this whole problem.
1: So, after this conference was given uh there were a couple of renowned creative directors as described in the guardian article uh who uh, coincidentally happened to be males over 50 uh and and a light skin cuz they're british and most british having grown up well north of the 50th parallel do not get a lot of melanin cuz there's not sunlight in britain <laughs> um and uh, uh chaz bayfield and dave jenner after the conference both uh, independently had sent memos to HR asking if their jobs were safe. Oh, and spoiler, they weren't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you never um, believe anybody. If you ask if your job's safe, never.
1: Shortly after this memo, they were dragged into what uh, they characterized as a hostile meeting with, uh, with Joe Wallace and with the head of HR and with their bot manager um, who, where they claimed that uh, for an hour and a half, uh, Wallace and the head of HR, whose name I didn't read, uh, berated them and, uh, harassed them. Um, two days later, they were fired or, or sacked as the, uh, as the Guardian states. Uh, this was November 2018. Uh, at the same time, three other men were also, uh, sacked, but their names are not given by this article because they settled out of court. However, the thing that makes this a con article now is that they went ahead and sued for wrongful dismissal and the judgment, uh, by a UK court ruled that they did in fact find discrimination based on sex, victimization, unfair dismissal and harassment, although not discrimination based on age, sexual orientation or race. So, hey, I guess they got that going for them. <laughs> um, the judge ruled that JWT violated the Equality Act of 2010, which protects people based on age, race, sex, and orientation. That in fact, JWT is guilty of sexual, uh, discrimination. And therefore, I don't, it, it wasn't clear to me because the, the, because the, the Brit, uh, legal documents are written out. So I wasn't able to scan to where, uh, So it wasn't clear to me if they got their jobs back. I wouldn't want my job back, but I sure hope they got a lot of money out of this. So a short version of this story is J. Walter Thompson, one of the most venerable firms in England, decided to go woke and got sued because the way that they decided to go woke was to fire a bunch of men who sued and said, yeah, you totally just sexually discriminated against us. And a judge agreed. So win. Well, rightfully so.
0: and. This is where, uh, you know, not exactly the same type of thing, but all the stuff we've been talking about with social media. Now, I hadn't really even thought about this. There was an article on Breitbart that a free speech expert, you know, whatever that may mean. In this case, it is a Georgetown University law professor. I I
1: consider myself a free speech expert.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, this is always hard to say what they're considering. But okay. professor at Georgetown University, of professor of law is uh making the comparison between the big tech platforms and other businesses that are public accommodations. Now, we've always gone through this when talking about, well, Twitter can do this. Facebook could do this because they're a private business and they can do whatever they want. And that argument is made all the time. Except, yes.
1: And it, it's a pretty blurry line, but yes, well, that's, it is. that's the argument made, you know, and once
0: you're deemed to be a public accommodation, these are things, as they said, like, uh, you know, restaurants and hotels and that somebody can't show up at your restaurant and you go, oh, wait, I mean, you're black or you're Korean. No, we're we're not going to serve you. You can't do that legally. Yeah, some,
1: somebody can't somebody can't show up at, at your cake, sh- at your bakery and demand that you bake a cake of two guys fucking on top of the cake even though you're religious, that, uh, oh, wait, never mind. That did, in fact, happen.
0: Well, but the difference, I mean, again, becomes being a, a public accommodation is you don't have the right to do anything you want in said restaurant or hotel, and you can get kicked out for behavior. So this is where I kind of read this and I'm like, oh, well, this is interesting. But then I quickly went to where you just did and went, well, the companies still have the ability to say, you did something or you're asking for something that we cannot do, and that's different than a blanket, we're not going to do business with them. So it's not, well, we won't serve the gay community, but if the gay community comes on and asks for a, you know, dildo on top of the cake, you know, somebody comes in and asks for that, you can say no. Now, if you come in and just say I want a cake, well then yeah, you gotta give them the cake.
1: I I I just wanna be very, very clear. I I I think it is absolutely wrong to even if you are running a bakery, even if you are running an evangelical bakery, it is wrong to say you're from the gay community. I'm not going to serve you. Right. But I think that in in that particular case, the court got it very, very wrong because it is totally legit for a private business to say, I'm not going to bake a cake with a dildo on the top.
0: Right. No, I agree. Which is why this when you compare it to the social media companies. The social media companies are going to make the case, which is why this has to go through the court system, because the social media companies are never going to admit that, well, we're just if you're, if you're conservative. Yeah, no, we're going to we're going to censor you and we're going to not let you
1: do. I mean, that is their standing policy. Yes. They don't like people to hear about it.
0: Well, but they claim that they're not doing that. Now, this is the issue they They would say, well, no, we're not kicking off all conservatives. And. They can make a certain case for that, because I don't think Bill O'Reilly's ever been kicked off of Twitter, but he's been on Twitter for years. So you, if you're going to make the case of somebody who posts, you know, anti Biden stuff or whatever, you know, they everybody's kicked off. That's not the case. You know, so this, again, is an interesting way to try to bring this fight up is, well, the social media companies are not just private companies. They're now public accommodations that people have relied on. So you should be able to do anything there because, you know, restaurants have to allow everybody in. It's like, well, yeah, but if you walk into a restaurant naked, they can still say no and kick you out. It doesn't you know, there are certain things you could do.
1: Yeah. 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 From experience. Don't try that.
0: <laughs> if, you, if this has happened to you more than once, you're like, well, oh, wait, oh, shoot, I forgot before I left the house. Damn it.
1: No, no, because they remembered me and they didn't let me walk through the door the second time. I forgot to get my clothes.
0: Damn. I, I yes. knew there was something I needed to do which uh, which really rolls right into another story that I had on facial recognition about a girl who went to like a roller rink or something and the facial recognition system said she was one of the girls that was in a fight at the location previously and they wouldn't let her in although it wasn't actually her it was a different girl who just kind of looked like her but of course she was black and her mom said this was obviously racial discrimination and it's like no it's just the machines I- <laughs> don't know what they're doing
1: yeah well yeah, as we know Racial discrimination means not getting what you want while black.
0: Right. Yeah. And just because of you're black, uh, then you can claim that no matter what, whether it's the reality of it or not. But, uh, you know, these facial the facial recognition thing is very interesting oh, yeah. to me. And we've had that talk already, which, um, OK, the, the fact that this is less accurate, it said it was less accurate with women which I'm not really sure why. Maybe it does have something to do with makeup. I don't know. But it said it was less accurate with women and with people that have darker colored skin.
1: I had a facial recognition story that uh, we didn't get to on Friday that uh, it, it annoyed me, but there's nothing surprising about it. it sounds uh, like every sh- story. Well, there's that. Every story annoys me, even if there isn't anything. Uh, in this case, it was a... a Uh, Interview from CNN, uh, CNN business, I'm sorry, totally different uh, with uh, somebody named Eric Watkins of Colorado, who uh, has is eligible for over six thousand dollars in unemployment, uh, according to whatever laws. But he is not able to get it because he's not willing to sign up for a private third party facial recognition service called ID.me that the state has contracted with. And ID.me has contracted with multiple states to be the the source of of uh, facial recognition, identity verification for unemployment. And uh, Watkins, a self-described privacy advocate um, who says whose mother and grandmother shredded personal information when he was growing up. So apparently this has been going on for a while and I totally approve of this behavior. Um, it is not a, he the the state of Colorado is not offering a way to identify yourself to get any of the unemployment that he's owed without signing up for ID.me in third party and a third party. Anything that requires a third party login is already suspect. It's already something that I, I don't think. I don't think that governments should ever be saying you have to sign up for with this third party and you have to give money to these people or you have to give your personal information to these people. And Oh, and by the way, they are, of course, are not bound by silly little rules like FOIA or or ethics or anything like that. Not that the government is either. And um anyway, I, I don't have much in the story, but uh the idea just just be on the lookout for uh governments now are. Looking for, well, they're looking for trying to shut down some of the unemployment fraud that went crazy in early 2020, if you recall us covering that story. Oh, yeah.
0: The the COVID was a great reason for unemployment fraud.
1: And the method that they're using is to, I I mean, this is a frightening method. They want to cut down on unemployment fraud by forcing people to sign to install an app from ID.me, which you check and give it your face and it does facial recognition on you in order to prove that you're you before they're willing to pay out the money that that Camilla says you're owed. Now this is
0: obviously going to go to the courts that you need to sign up for I third should party hope service because so. that makes little sense. But I mean it goes right down the rest of the uh the check boxes though, which is to have complete control and track everything that you do. Now I understand If states want to use this for people that want to opt in and maybe this makes things quicker and easier and more convenient for you, you give up a little bit of this to get that, which would still be dumb, but there has to be a way to get what you're owed without doing that.
1: And I honestly think that that's reasonable if there is an, an opt in convenience service. But the moment that that crosses over into mandatory, it's a problem.
0: Well, we talked about I, I, that with like I the mean, grocery stores doing facial recognition yeah. to pay with your face. It's like, well, what if you're a twin? And,
1: uh, yes, and and if I have the option to not walk into that grocery store or or you know or to wear a mask when I go in, then I'm cool with it. But as soon as you require me to pay with my face or or you, I I don't know, I, I don't want to be required to do stuff. I'm a contrarian, you know this.
0: Well, and it's not the safest way to go. No, that, you know this is not like facial recognition is at the point in where the technology is that you can go, hey, this is 100% successful. It's like, no, all of the stories we bring are, well, this is why it's bad. And, yeah, uh,
1: because we're inherently negative people who like to point out the problems with things. So if everything is good, we're not going to talk about the story.
0: And if it's, oh, you can pay with your face, and then somebody goes into your bank, and it fools their little sensor, camera, whatever they're using – into thinking that they're you and they clear out your bank account, then you're going to really love pay with your face.
1: Yeah. And I don't, I don't have any idea if this ID.me system as, as being used to verify eligibility for unemployment. I don't, I don't know if, I haven't dug into the technical details, but I am certain that there are going to be exploits and and glitches and problems and ways of getting around it. and I'm also sure that those people who have dedicated as their full-time job the goal of getting free unemployment benefits that they're not eligible for from the government have already figured out how to fake this system. But meanwhile, everybody who is inherently honest or or is just trying to work their way through the system, are now being told that you need to send your biometric data to a third-party company who probably has a terms of service that says they can turn around and sell that data to Facebook and you can't do anything about it.
0: Well, it usually is the honest people that get screwed. And we talked about the lawsuit that was out of Illinois for Facebook doing the facial recognition tracking of people even when they didn't tag themselves in the photos. And that was a big lawsuit there. So this is not something that's going to go away anytime soon. This this concept of do you own that particular data, which it gets to be a very slippery slope. You know, if you're walking into somebody's mom and pop store or, you know, a Home Depot, whatever, and they have cameras at the door and they snap a picture of you. I mean, you're in their location. I mean, who gets the rights to do what with that image? I don't think we know yet. I don't think we know where this is going, but the way no,
1: I, and 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 these are important questions to resolve and, and figure out where society wants to be with them. I have every reason to believe that if a government bureaucrat are the ones who go out and start requiring answers to these questions, they're going to get them wrong, though.
0: Well, yeah, because the technology is not ready for it yet. Also, that's another thing to be considered. And it's interesting because there's folks on both sides of the political aisle who are very against this facial technology stuff, facial recognition technology, but it doesn't seem to be slowing down. We have the far left who will cry at the very least that it's unfair because it's not as accurate and it will misidentify those with darker skin color. And then you have the people on the far right, like uh, we probably fit more into, which is the, we want hundred percent privacy and we don't want any of this data out there for any reason whatsoever.
1: So I'm not I, categorized with the far right. I'm more I, well the, I'm far more leaf, of the the
0: conservative. I'm more on the to, Kaczynski right, which well <laughs> that was still the far right. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's interesting when those political sides agree on something. That means either something is really right in the world, or something's very very wrong.
1: And uh, yes, and know. I and I'm cynical, so I I know which direction I'm gonna but put my money on. Yeah,
0: this technology is not going away, though. That's one thing I think we can be sure of. That when you walk into a store, uh, what what are the odds today? You know, unless it's a very little mom and pop, like, you know, a baseball card store, or a comic book store we go into every now and then, you know, they, I don't think they have cameras everywhere, but what's the odds when, if you're walking into a Kohl's, a Target, Home Depot, Lowe's, anything that kind of a big box store? What are the odds you're not being photographed the minute you walk into the store? I'm guessing. Like zero yeah. percent.
1: I will tell you, though, that when I walk into those stores, I uh, they their systems are not capable of recognizing me without a mask. Well,
0: then you wear a mask, right?
1: No, no. What I mean is, is being the person without a mask, their systems don't even know how to handle it. They're like, uh, it's not a human face. It doesn't have a mask on it.
0: We don't know Sorry, what's was,
1: going on. It was it was a terrible joke about the fact that masks are still in use here, even almost everywhere, despite the fact that they technically aren't required anymore right up until Inslee pulls a bunch more cases out of his butt. And, and decides that that means that we need to lock down everything again.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the bottom line was uh, we don't know what your day job is, but it's probably not at a comedy club is what you're saying there. Maybe
1: it's been the case for a long time. Yes.
0: There was an article on a guy. I think this was in California, if I'm not mistaken. And it was, you know, half naked man jumps into pool. And I'm like, well, wait, what does half naked man mean? Uh,
1: because wearing <laughs> swim
0: trunks? Right. That's what I'm like, guy in shorts, right? Because otherwise, if you're not wearing pants as a guy, you're naked. Even if you're wearing a top, well, I don't where, think anybody's where, where, where like half naked. I believe it was out of California.
1: Okay. Well, in that case, it was probably the, it was where, the half-naked man was wearing swim trunks but not covering up his breasts.
0: If I'm not mistaken, it may even have been in Los Angeles and our buddy Larry Blydener. That Larry shows backyard. No, not not his actual backyard, but it could have been. <laughs> I don't know. Now, allegedly. Hey, if so, Larry, let us know. Yes, we want the full scoop on this. But the story was, it seems the guy was high, which makes a lot of sense. He was in their neighbor's yard. He was yard. in L.A. Duh. Yeah. There you go. High L.A. just makes sense. So he jumps the fence. He goes into their pool, takes a little dip, I mean, hot in California, and then pushes his way through their French doors at the back of the house, goes into the house and like grabs a backpack or something
1: and then leaves the house. So, okay, so outside of the trespassing and theft, this all sounded fine.
0: <laughs> yes. Now, the wife and uh, the children were home in the house upstairs. He did not interact with them but the most interesting thing in the article was was that he didn't get shot well one that would be because if somebody came into my house i don't think there would be any question that they're getting shot but the takeaway was he probably won't even be charged with burglary no you said california well but this you know you know what this was the reason given broke my brain and that was because he probably wouldn't be charged because he didn't try to cover up his face or hide his identity. So it was really he probably wait, wouldn't what? be. Tra- yeah, because and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. So if you don't try to hide your identity, it's no longer burglary. So you could just go take whatever you want, and as long as you don't try, you know, if you don't wear a mask, well, then it's not
1: burglary. I mean, I, I mean I'm betting that backpack wasn't worth a thousand dollars, so nobody was going to charge him anyway. Right, but. I, wait, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I
0: was like, it doesn't. You're, this is how bad it's gotten in these areas. It's like it, it wouldn't be considered burglary because he didn't try to. I. Wait, well, how does covering up your face make it a burglary or not burglary? I don't understand. Taking somebody's stuff that's not your own, that's burglary. Well, you know, in, if you walk in, into in a the, house.
1: In the pre fake pandemic days, covering up your face was supposed to be a sign of being a criminal. And so I. I, I am not surprised in the least that there would be rules of some kind saying that, you know, it changes the the way the crime is if you tried to cover your face. But that's still that that's a that's a broken logic attached yes. to that.
0: Yeah, it broke my brain. I didn't really understand that. I'm like, wait, so if you break into somebody's house, it's different now. And so it wouldn't be considered burglary, you know, and because he was high and it's like, wait, so this is a wait. I, I don't get it. So it's an excuse. If you're high or drunk, you can do whatever you want and you won't be charged with it because, you know, you are high or drunk. I mean, this is a very dangerous precedent for yeah, sexual yeah, assault. And this rapes. isn't working
1: for me. No, I, I, you know what? I think we need to take some time for our brains to reboot. Maybe thanks from experts. Yes. And then we can talk about alien wear.
0: The, uh, the actual uh, some clothing you want to wear or the, uh, the company that makes computers. Yes. We're both. Okay.
1: Alienware. What the yeah, hot. You're not a proper geek unless <laughs> unless you want to wear your computer.
0: What the hot aliens are wearing this summer next on Grumpy Old Bens. But we do have a few experts to thank. And coming in first and foremost, a new name, but no note or anything. And a very nice donation with $150, Eric Cowley. And uh, we appreciate you supporting the Grumpy Old Bens, grumpiest podcast in the universe. That's a that is a true executive producer i mean anything 50 dollars or above
1: guaranteed you know when when you hear news stories and they talk about experts say this is the guy they're talking about
0: yes now an official expert of the grumpy old Benz podcast and beyond and um, it's, it's, it's 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 it warms my heart because you know we do these shows twice a week now believe it or not we do these shows twice a week And we do work on the value-for-value model, so we, we rely on people coming in and showing their support for the show. Although, I mean, I did really feel a kinship with Ken the Hawk Harrelson, who was just inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, even though I hate the Baseball Hall of Fame. He did Chicago White Sox broadcast for 35 years, and he ended his little 10 minutes that he did while being inducted into the Hall of Fame with a toast that he said he gave, uh,
1: you only uh, get 10 minutes.
0: Well, I mean, this is shorter now and this is, this is all split up because it used to be all on one day. And now the guys from the broadcast were doing it on a different day. The players are doing it in September sometime.
1: Uh, I, this is messed up. I mean, Pete yes. Rose got a half hour.
0: Yeah. You know? So, I mean, it was, it was short, but it was, it was short and sweet. And he said, uh, you know, it was a toast he gave, uh, you know, somewhere that was, you know, if you take a man's money, you've taken a man's money if you uh if you uh take a man's time you know or if you know if you take it i'm totally screwing this up now but the concept it sounds
1: great to me yeah
0: if you take their money that's one thing but if you take their attention you've taken a part of their life if you take their time you've taken a part of their life and that's how i feel about these shows which is you know one we need the monetary support That's how I
1: feel about advertising.
0: Well, yeah, to help pay the rent. But everybody that comes and listens to these shows for hours a week as we drone on, that is beyond incredible, especially the folks that show up live and we do this thing. And uh, it's really a humbling thing.
1: And of course, we we absolutely appreciate your money. Uh, Oh, oh, do we ever. But uh, we appreciate that you would. It take something far more scarce than money, which is your time your attention a part of your life out and and listen to this show and listen to us bloviate on for four hours a week and and feel like we can be a a part of your uh whether it be your commute or your your run or your working day um it, it's really an honor that you would decide to bring grumpy old benz in as and and give us your attention. Money's nice too, by the way.
0: Yes, they're both. If you can combine the two, that is delightful. But yeah, the money—it's like yeah, just it's gone. It's really nothing you can make money back. Your time you can't get back. <laughs> Blue Deuce just picked up on. <laughs> he doesn't Sorry. know anything. You know, he, he, he doesn't know that he was the uh, Pete Rose wasn't in the Hall of Fame. I think uh, so. Th- it took it took this took longer for you to get fact checked. Yeah, I did the fact-checking came quite a bit later than I expected. They're, I don't know. These guys are losing their touch. But coming in at $50, so also an executive producer today, is Herb Lamb, who I've seen that name before. And we appreciate that, Herb. So uh, those are the executive producers for today, Eric Cowley and Herb Lamb. And then coming in at $5, bucks, 1st time I've seen this, sir, FAC Bass, or is it Bass? Now, B-A-S-S could be either Bass or Bass.
1: Is I've it- heard I've heard FAC bass before, but the, I, I can't say that's for certain because I, I heard John C. Dvorak <laughs> pronouncing it. So
0: he could have been uh, he could have been butchering it, too. You don't know. Is it bass or bass? Is is it somebody that really likes to fish or is it uh, somebody that likes to pump un, on the un, uh, until strings? we get
1: fact checked? I'll go with the Dvorak fact bass. So sir, fact bass, five sir bucks, FAC
0: bass, and then coming in with three dot three three Cardano, otherwise four oh three, although that's been going up today. I've been watching that throughout the show cardano is flying again today which is nice our buddy bacon dude comes in and he does have a short note says in the anticipation of all things awesome here is some cardano for you to continue ranting away at things that are somewhat questionable somewhat technical and always grumpy is he talking about me i probably okay that you are always grumpy and And uh,
1: somewhat technical and somewhat professional
0: (laughs) well no nobody's ever accused you of being somewhat professional um but technical maybe that uh, you have a little bit of those technical skills and we do have to uh, mention this you know I, and I don't know exactly where this came from cuz this is the beauty of podcasting 2.0 is that uh, you can stream some of those satoshis which are the little parts of bitcoin while you're listening to the show if you have the right app to do so newpodcastapps.com and you can boost yes and if you're listening to this, boost. Yeah, boost. Boost. And we did it like in the last right. show. We're like, boost now. Come on, boost, 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 boost. And uh, in and one Was day, that the
1: point? Do we get the time code when they boosted?
0: I don't see that. I, have to, I don't know if that is part of the Satoshis.stream thing. But within a 24-hour period, because that's how it gets reported by the bot, we brought in 174,240 sats, which is about 65 bucks. Which uh, for a one day period, this now I I will just say that I mentioned to the guy that started all this, the podfather, along with Dave Jones, that uh, the other day I mentioned to him that, you know what, grumpy old Ben's is just about to hit 100,000 Satoshi. So I know it's working. And then like the next day, we got 174,000 in a day. So I don't know. It was like 50 something thousand boosted or 50 something thousand uh streamed and a bunch boosted. So uh somebody was out there hitting the boost. Might have been the pod father, you never know. Could just be a way for him to uh keep us engaged and uh and rightfully so. And the fact that this whole well, system can work. Yes. It's like, "Oh, see now this Although, makes sense. If your podcast I, can I, make I, like 65 bucks a day, then that's uh that's decent cash."
1: I don't know if this is missing functionality or, or if it's just unimplemented functionality, but it seems like there should be a mechanism for if, if the person doing the boosting or doing the streaming wishes it to be able to give, attach a name to that because that, I mean, that would be an executive producer of this show, whoever did a, a $60 boost. If that was one if, person, right. If it was one person. Uh, and how do we know? I, I, there are. I don't, I don't know if I don't know if there is a a mechanism. You know, it's worked out. Adam, there and, is
0: a way to do messaging, but I don't think it works through Satoshi's stream. I mean,
1: Adam and John do not report the Satoshi's boosted through the apps to no agenda. Nor do I hear much about it on uh, podcasting two point So I and I definitely haven't heard anybody credited as a producer on those shows. So I'm wondering if the I I, I need to look into this. I'm wondering if the protocol has a mechanism for attributing a particular boost uh, for the purpose of of getting a shout out on the show which is clearly an important part of the value for value model yeah there is a way to do I'm messaging out with them
0: it. there is a way to do messaging with the boost but i don't know how to receive those yet i think this is all just still in the working stage but that will be awesome if you can have your name attached to the boost so people can see if you want it to to go along with it obviously you don't have to but this is something they're working on no. and, The
1: other thing that I absolutely value anonymity for the people who want it, but for the people who want to be credited with what they do, we need to have a mechanism for that. I hope it's there.
0: Yes. Well, if if not, they're working on it. And the other thing, which I thought this was great during yesterday's no agenda, that Adam tells John C. Dvorak, "Hey, you know what? We're finally rolling this out." multiple apps so you could have your and i don't know which apps are all involved in this yet but you know you've got your podcast addict and all the other apps that you can listen to your podcast with they have a thing now where you can comment in one app and all the apps can see it so it's not just like the person that comments in podcast addict only podcast addict people sees the system is being rolled out so these comments left on an episode can be seen on every app and dvorak was just silent like And Adam was so excited because this is cool. This is actually a big, big deal because one of the things that makes YouTube channels so engaging for a lot of people is the comments that appear below and that people can have conversations. And that's really hard to do with podcasts.
1: Well, I think I think Adam understands that that the the user engagement is a critical part of the model and and Dvorak doesn't want that doesn't want the live engagement part of the model he doesn't show up in the troll room and and that's his right but uh I, I I think that he you know he might change it once he's he's fully absorbed what's going on but he is underestimating the amount of benefit you can get for your your product by inviting users to be engaged and and develop communities because it's not yes. just It's not just feedback to the creators. Feedback to us is, oh, that's interesting and all, but it's it's people getting together and talking to each other about your product is the real source of some some impressive word-of-mouth community building.
0: Yes, and podcasts are spread out among so many different apps. The fact that you can actually take something and have anybody experiencing that podcast in any of those apps be able to take part and have that go across all of those things is genius if it can be pulled off because otherwise you're like well everybody would have to come to our website or you'd have to have a message board and that just doesn't happen
1: i I, and i knew that this was being worked on i didn't realize they were this close so i am going i'm now gonna go and check out exactly how that's working and and more importantly how we can get in on this and see if we can you know turn it into our own community or at least steal somebody else's
0: yeah these guys they know what they're doing believe it or not and this I, is going. We, we to be, were
1: so skeptical early on. No, wait. You're always skeptical. Know. I'm always skeptical. And
0: to see how it rolls out and how you can change the way uh, people look at things and how they interact with things, it has been uh, a pretty quick turnaround for what a lot of the uh, you know apps and a lot of these programs and a lot of these things where people are like, "Hey, I have a great idea." Usually, from saying that to rolling it out and it working takes a long time and what they've done with a lot of this stuff uh has been absolutely amazing adam thought they'd already rolled out the value tag for the blueberry power press thing and i'm like no i mean i'm half blind but i did go back and look and i looked through all the release notes i'm like they've done the chapters they've done the transcripts they've done the person thing they've done a lot through
1: I picked through the RSS feeds of uh, many, many of the shows that are in our community and and that are on the stream. And uh, I only found two that included the value tag in the RSS feed itself. And so every other RSS enabled podcast, uh, it seems to be doing it through the the back channel that they set up for, for the temporary one we talked about last week.
0: Right. Podcaster wallet.
1: Yeah. Podcaster wallet.
0: So I'm the only one doing the work and yeah. who, who else, who else was doing it? Anybody besides random thoughts and grumpy old bands? you said two and those would be the two shows. We no, do.
1: no, I, I didn't check random thoughts. It's not important enough. Exactly. Well, it's there. The, I uh, don't, I don't remember what it is or I would have named them by now. I'm sorry. Oh man,
0: whichever way you want to contribute back to the show, you can do so. If you want to get involved with the podcaster 2.0 stuff, go to newpodcastapps.com, and then you can boost and then you can do all the cool stuff. Or if you yes, want to go the old fashioned way, go to grumpy Minus old is trying com. to scoop
1: me. me uh, he's saying the, the, well, he's, he's pointing out potential problems with the cross platform comments, which I, I, I was brainstorming all of this in my head. And I'm like, no, I want to be positive for once. So I'm not going to point out any of the ways that I think this could go horribly wrong. I'm going to go ahead and review the way the system is actually done. And then I'll come back and point out all the ways it can go horribly wrong. But for right now, we are 100 percent positive on this topic.
0: Oh, sure. A hundred percent positive. <laughs>
1: I I can't even believe I got that out.
0: Yeah. And what Midas <laughs> is saying is undeletable spam, but what I believe the way they're doing this is in order to have the comments, I think they are still hosted on the show's website. I think you kind of yeah. have to opt into it.
1: What, what, one of the features that, that Adam was insisting on is that if the show operator decides they must be able to moderate the comments.
0: Yes. And take two, then go to grumpy dot com slash donate and you can click that donate button for a one time or monthly donation via PayPal. You can use the QR codes or wallet addresses to do the crypto thing. And you can use the P.O. box address if you want to go the snail mail route, set something up with your bank or your credit union to automatically send with the auto bill pay kind of thing. You can do that. And the uh, the dude with the 33 cent checks is on no agenda social. I don't know if I want to out him. But he admitted that that was him playing the game with his credit union. And uh, sure. He said it's a big credit I, union. So I'm like, if they come and tell you to cut it out. Yeah.
1: Then, if uh, they tell you to cut it out, don't jeopardize your credit unions are still a pretty valuable. And unless you've got a backup set, like open a account at another credit union, if you have to. right? But don't don't screw up your own finances for the purpose of this. But otherwise, it's hilarious and continue it as long as you dare.
0: Yes, absolutely. Love it. I mean, we are not quite to the point of the uh the woman from call her daddy what's her name uh, i know sophia with an f is the one that left her show
1: yeah she, that's the one that jcd is in love with yeah but i i don't remember i am I, it's actually a point of pride that i don't know who that is well now
0: she was just her show was just bought by spotify did you see this
1: yes it, uh, it was mentioned uh we mentioned it like three weeks ago didn't we I, I don't know if we did or not. Sixty million
0: dollars. I don't. I didn't Time hear the is all 60 running million. together
1: in my mind. It is. Alex yeah. Cooper.
0: Sixty million dollars for a three year contract for her. They say she has about three million subscribers now. So you can do the, the math in your head. What a subscriber's
1: yeah. worth. OK, I need to get this on record. If if Spotify offered us sixty million dollars for Grumpy Old Ben's, would we take it? Oh, yeah. Okay, I I just wanted to be sure we were on the same
0: page there, you know. okay, now, if Spotify offers you 20 million, unless you're making more than 20 million without Spotify, you go with. I mean, I have
1: absolutely no problem starting up another podcast where I can say what I want and giving up Grumpy Old Ben's for 60 million dollars. I'm cool with that. I I would I would do that for you.
0: Grumpy Old Ben's becomes a much more polite show. Yes. (laughs)
1: probably have to
0: replace the hosts you know but right but they would they would be buying the property along uh with that oh
1: yeah yeah as long as i keep making royalties it's all good i mean 20 million a year for
0: a podcast is uh we've talked about like what these major motion pictures are bringing in now and it's like really 20 million for a podcast i don't get it but spotify obviously has a lot of cash
1: well, I mean, and, uh, you know, that we, we already mentioned this show, the, the, what the latest Marvel movie, which brings in a quarter of a billion dollars and only costs twice that to make.
0: Yes, it's a little hard uh, to do that. But I mean, I was just intrigued by three million subscribers, $20 million a year. So it's like each person's worth, you know, to break even, you're willing to pay $7 a subscriber and then you're trying to make money on top of that. So, uh, It'll be interesting to see since she already had problems with uh, Sophia with an F, the the other co-host, and uh, it seems she's doing better without the co-host. I mean, maybe I should learn something from that, but I'm wondering how going to uh, Spotify is going to change her show, her audience. We've seen with Rogan, even though it's not being talked about a lot, that I think he's taken a pretty big hit with the amount of people that are still engaged. Because the engagement is a big thing. The community is a big thing. We just talked about it. And when you take that and you cut it off and you take it to only one place and Spotify doesn't really have a big place for people to comment. That was one of the big things with Rogan. The YouTube videos used to have a ton of comments. It had created a community and you go to Spotify and that doesn't exist anymore.
1: Yeah. Again, with the comments, create the community, which. Yes. Which creates a a non trivial amount of of listener support goodwill. It people want to be able to form communities around your product. You have to make sure that's possible.
0: I dig it. Which is why yeah. we have the no agenda stream when we do the show live. Yeah, which is why can,
1: we stole somebody else's community.
0: Exactly. We stole that idea directly, and we're very upfront about that. So noagendastream dot com. We do these shows live Monday and Friday at noon Eastern time. Join us for all the fun, and you can also, you know, get involved with uh, the Fediverse. You, We have a mailing list. I sent one out yesterday, and I'm like, oh, I last sent one out in January. So I, I, I got to get back into the, uh, into the it, mindset. It's your semi-annual. Yes, the semi-annual <laughs> newsletter. And there's a big crowd. I mean, 130 people still on the stream right now. So maybe reminding them the day before was helpful that, hey, we do the show twice a week, noon Eastern. Here's where you can go. And we like the input there, and we have email. You can reach us at Darren at GrumpyOldBenz dot com or Ryan at GrumpyOldBenz dot com. We're on the Fediverse. I'm on Twitter if you're on that evil site. But the community is a big part of that. We enjoy hearing why we're wrong or that we got it right, which is why we can probably talk about crypto in a minute. But we wanted to talk about Alienware.
1: I, I did. Well, I had a story about Alienware, which I'm totally going to leave teased because I got another one I want to bring. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. This, you know what this is? This is what we call bait and switch—the Bemrose tease. Yes. Uh in this one is actually this got mentioned on No Agenda yesterday, which I was annoyed with because I was totally going to start slapping people with it. Uh the Chevy has recalled the Chevy Bolt. Oh yeah, uh, again. Um, this is if this story sounds familiar, they read they did a recall in November of 2020. Because five cars spontaneously caught fire while charging, and uh, the quote from that particular one was, uh, "GM said uh, it could be related to the high voltage batteries."
0: Don't say, really? Who would have saw that coming? I mean, besides so, anybody that ever saw a cell phone explode
1: for for that. Uh, for that, they decided the fix was they asked uh, Bolt owners to go to the dealers who would reflash the software to limit the max charge to 90%. Uh, yeah, I, Hey, yay. Software fix. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that I would be particularly thrilled to just lose 10% of my, uh, range off the top in, uh, in a type of car electric vehicles that are already fraught with low range. Right. But I think that losing 10 percent of your range is probably preferable to losing your car because it turned into a fire that can't be put out.
0: Well, so, right. but this is also something we talked about that people have recommended. And there are similar types of batteries in the other devices that were like, you know, for the longest life on your battery, don't charge your cell phone beyond 80 percent. So this would be kind of a similar thing, it's, which it's is similar.
1: You know, and for for the longest life of your battery it is recommended that you not make it catch fire.
0: Yes, halt and catch fire very quickly.
1: <laughs> yes. So, uh after that November recall, uh two Chevy Bolts which had got the fix spontaneously burned last month due to quote a rare manufacturing defect. And uh a uh, vaccine manufacturers take note, two total cars caught fire after getting the fix and they issued a recall. Not that I'm saying that uh, other types of products are unsafe or anything, but this is the level of safety that a lot of people expect is, uh, you know, an abundance of caution anyway. Uh, so now GM will replace the defective battery modules for free to owners in about 69,000 cars from 2017, 2018 and 2019 in a, in the bolt 51,000 of those are in the United States. Um, the national highway transportation safety people urge owners, uh, have, have also issued a report about this or a a warning. They urge owners to park the cars outside and away from homes due to fire risk. Do not park your car in your garage. You might not get it rained on, but you might also lose your house if it decides to go just a quick FYI, go ahead and do the math yourself. Dry car house. Um, Chevy also has put out information. They are asking customers to also uh, use uh, until until you can get this fix, which in this fix is replacing the battery module. I, by the way, I don't know how long this is going to take, but it might be a matter of the dealership saying we need to keep your car overnight for three weeks. Um, <laughs>
0: right, because I mean, bad, it's not like the olden days where you could just pop a battery in and put a new yeah, one. In.
1: And it's not like the previous recall where they can plug in a connector and flash the software. the the replacing the battery module might take more than a 20 minute fix.
0: Yeah. Anyway, know how big those things are. I'm assuming the batteries in these electric cars are huge.
1: uh, I I don't remember. Okay. So Benlet has a a Chevy electric vehicle and I don't remember if it is the bolt or the volt, which by the way, whoever came up with that marketing (laughs) uh, to to create two separate cars, the bolt and volt. They both sound alike. And you're not sure which it is. I don't remember which one my brother has, but in his, uh, the battery is the size of the back seat, and the back seats are elevated an inch or two, and the entire underside of the back seat, all the way down to the ground level or the the chassis bottom of the chassis, is the battery. So it's what well, what would that be? Like a seven seven feet by two feet? By oh, something. you didn't break another mug, did you? No, I just punched something.
0: Okay. The, uh, the whoever's sitting in the back seats in a really bad way, though, if that thing starts on fire. Yeah, well, you,
1: the cars are obviously only for short people. Duh. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've never been able to fit into a back. Seat. So
1: until you can schedule a time to get your battery, repl- your battery module replaced entirely. Chevy is recommending that customers use hilltop reserve mode. I don't know what that means, but that's the mode as it's called on the 2017, 2018 or target charge mode in 2019 to. Set your maximum charge at 90%. I thought that I thought the fix already did that. uh, They are in asking customers to charge vehicles after each and every use and avoid depleting the battery below 70 miles range. So, hey, look, another fix is to reduce the range on your car. Okay. And and, uh, to continue to
0: park your cars outside. Well, yeah. And uh, NetNed sent a photo of the batteries. Not only are they doubled up where the back seat is. But they're all under the rest of the car as well. So, I mean, this is OK, this is
1: uh, oh, this is a big battery. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which I mean, I would again would have guessed because cars mean, you're sitting on that.
1: Do you want it catching fire?
0: No, I would not want to sit on that, though. That's the problem. Uh, Gasoline seems a whole lot safer to me.
1: Yeah. It's only a little bit explosive. Uh huh. (laughs) Not not like these lithium ion things. But, you know, this is going to save this is going to save the planet. Well, and, and here is basically the problem: I, uh, the technology moves forward, and the speed at which technology moves forward naturally and and safely is dependent entirely on the health of your economy. If you have a very strong capitalist economy, technology is going to move fast. And we, you know, look at Tesla, look at at what a lot of these companies are doing. We are getting electric vehicles. Because people are asking for them, but there are a lot of companies that don't have a clue how to make a decent battery pack who don't have a clue how to make. And, and they're, you know, they're hiring people saying, do you, you understand batteries? Great. You're designing a car for us now. Um, the problem here is that it's not economics that's driving innovation in this area. It's regulation. And government regulation is not of the kind of, if you can get this right, you'll be monetarily rewarded. It's more like get this right or we'll send people with guns to your factory and start shooting people. I mean, there's steps in between, but ultimately that's at the end of every government threat. And the problem is the positive reinforcement versus the negative reinforcement is creating the wrong kind of incentives. And I think that electric vehicles are in fact, a lot more dangerous and a lot worse engineered than they need to be because of governments mandating that people must absolutely get some percentage of your fleet to all electric by the such and such date. And if you don't make it, then you know, we'll put you out of business artificially because we're the government and we do that sort of thing. And I, I think that um, the, you know, the, the rise in stories of electric vehicles being unsafe, well, a part of it is, of course, you know, oh, electric vehicle catches fire. That's novel. And gasoline vehicle catches fire. That's every Thursday on the streets of Seattle. So a part of that is the sensationalist thing. But if we want electric vehicles to progress forward to a safety level that we expect out of, say, gas powered vehicles, we have to be driving it through economic incentives. and not through government mandates. And I'm I, i I'm worried that some stuff is going to explode badly before we get to the point of, if we ever get to all electric vehicles, I, I think road safety is going to take a real hit.
0: Well, yeah, and to kind of overlap that with your story from earlier, I would almost guarantee you a city like San Francisco is going to outlaw everything but electric vehicles at some point And you won't even be able to drive into the city unless it's an electric vehicle. And if you live there, well, then yes, you better. And
1: it'll be difficult to drive the electric vehicle around the burning wreckage of all the other ones that have caught fire.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, but, uh, you know, that's part of the charm of San Francisco, I guess.
1: (laughs) And by the way, it'll also smell like burning street poop.
0: (laughs) Well, you see now, San Francisco, if they could have just figured out a car that runs on poop, they would have been (laughs) in much better shape.
1: Yes. Yes. we we've. Our revolutionary new San Francisco car. It runs on human feces and shoplifting.
0: Yes. Congratulations. You are now woke and uh, go on the Golden Gate Bridge. That would just be great. You know, what happens when your electric cars die on the Golden Gate Bridge? You know, I mean, nobody thinks of this stuff. Or as a lot of people in the troll room are mentioning, electric vehicles and very, very cold weather do not work well together. So, uh, you know, again, we've got.
1: And I don't know if anybody's noticed, but there are parts of the United States that get cold in the winter. I mean, obviously not California where all the electric vehicles are being developed, but there are parts of the U.S. that get a little chilly. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes during the winter it gets cold I, or or hot like uh, when, you know, with the the Tesla Starlink, who never bothered to test in the heat of Arizona summer. <laughs>
0: Explosions are
1: bad. Well, the, the Starlink didn't explode. It just shut down. I'll give him credit for that. That was uh, that, that, that was a better failure mode. Wait, you mean <laughs> but, our electric
0: car can't just run between 65 and 75 degrees Fahrenheit? And if it goes beyond that, then?
1: Well, it can, as long as you're in California, because it's always, then you're fine. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Technology. Uh, yeah, yeah, not for use outside of California. And actually, that is a great segue to the Alienware story. Ooh. Which, uh, I, this one, I originally just happened to see. Uh, a particularly long and complainy thread on No Agenda Social, which was posted by uh, Sasquatch is the username. I don't know if Sasquatch listens to Grumpy Old Ben's, but I had to lift this story. And it started with uh, an image, a screenshot from the Dell dot com site, uh, where the let's see if I can find this
0: because um, Alienware is a Dell company now.
1: Yes. So Dell.com site where on the Alienware, they have the Aurora R12 gaming desktop, a thousand dollar pre-made computer with uh, an 11th gen i5, uh, Windows 10, GeForce GTX 1650. Uh, I mean, a nice, some nice specs and a terabyte 7200 RPM SATA drive, which, uh, this is just the configuration they made for whatever Dell has decided is a, high-end gaming. Well, 1099 is not high-end. That's a mid-range gaming computer, but a gaming computer. But there's a footnote at the bottom of it that says, this product cannot be shipped to the states of California, Colorado, Hawaii, Oregon, Vermont, or Washington. Now, why? And that took me down an ugly, ugly rabbit hole. <laughs> really? Um. So uh, here is what I found out. Um, there is a state regulation in California that took effect on July 1st that says, among other things, desktop computers shall be shipped with power management settings that transition the computer into either the sleep mode or off mode within 30 minutes of user inactivity. By the way, that's annoying. I shut that off. I, I, you know what you sleep when I tell you to never mind the fact that windows in 25 years of the existence of uh, UEFI sleep modes has never figured out how to make drivers come back without blue screening something.
0: Yep. That's why first thing I do too. turn it all off, run it at full power all the time. It's
1: really cool to try to save the world by transitioning into sleep mode. But maybe if your computers were reliable at coming out of sleep mode, I'd be more interested in using it anyway.
0: Yeah. And even um, the most recent, not this one, because I've never really done it. But the previous Dell that I had when it would go into the sleep mode, there was a lot of time it wouldn't come back without a hard reboot. So, yeah. Your mileage yeah, may Another vary. thing
1: I pulled out of the California regulation is uh, that all computers in California must be set to transition connected displays into sleep modes within 15 minutes of user inactivity. And I, I, I I'm fine with that because I know how to switch it back. But that is that right in itself is is a microcosm of exactly why we have too many freaking regulations, because the state of California. Is trying to regulate computer companies to say that your computer must be set to screensaver within 15 minutes. Why is that any of their business?
0: Well, because you're using power and the power isn't yours that you pay for.
1: It it totally is once I've paid for it. Anyway. Uh so um Anyway, that, those aren't, uh, aren't quite as critical, but the other thing in that regulation, and I'm not going to read it to you because it's boring as hell, but is a long, long table of the maximum amount of power use per component of your system. My, uh, California is regulating uh, how much power your memory can use, how much power your ethernet can use, how much power your display can use, your disk drive, etc. These took effect on July 1st, 2021, and a quick reading of the spec, uh, according to the Hacker News article that I read and also confirmed by the Reddit article I read. And uh, yes, I went to Reddit. I'm sorry. It was a moment of weakness um, that no spindle drive on the market today can meet California's power requirements for the disk drive.
0: <laughs> nice. Nice.
1: So the fact that this thing comes with a 7200 RPM SATA six gig per second spindle drive means that it cannot be sold in California. Okay. So California is a problem. We all know California is a problem. We know that California is known to the state of California to cause cancer. We get that. But why all these other states? Well, Washington is on that list and I have a long history of reading the RCWs, the, the laws of the state of Washington. And I found, uh, the RCW, which uh 19.260, which uh the le- Washington State Legislature, and by the way, this was passed recently by an all Democrat legislature by a Democrat governor who really are not even being paid attention to because nobody could think outside of the pandemic. And the Democrats are just have been uh, full woke the whole time. And I'm not even paying attention to it. But the legislature found in the preamble to the bill that I came across that uh they are going to implement new power requirements on all kinds of things. Uh, they are implementing power requirements on products sold, offered, or installed in Washington in the following categories. Water heaters, pool pumps, air compressors, fryers, dishwashers, computers, monitors, lamps, air conditioners, shower heads, Man. universal power supplies, urinals, ventilating fans, <laughs> and sprinklers. Um. Sure. I mean. Urinals.
0: Well, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> And showerheads. I mean, there's again, I uh, the flow thing I get, but uh, some I mean, but urinals- the
1: electricity going into your showerhead can't exceed a certain level, I guess. Yeah,
0: that would be <laughs> important. And your urinals, um, they, you don't want. I mean, again, I'm sure they're talking water usage, not electricity. But you I, never know.
1: It, 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 the the section is about power usage, and uh, okay, um, the legislature, by the way, has uh, decided to justify these requirements because it uh, helps customers save money on utility bills. Um save energy and reduce pollution. Okay. Yeah. Uh, help ensure that renters have the same access to energy efficient appliances as homeowners. I, it's, is that access? None. I Well,
0: you're going to force I, them all to go out and change I, them all. Right. I,
1: I I honestly have the same access. Whenever, whenever some bureaucrat or, or activist talks about getting access, you know, Larry mentioned this on his show a while back. Getting access to something means give me free shit. And I so and sure, I, I don't understand in any case how anything to do with this particular law would ensure that renters have the same access as homeowners. I, it, okay, but anyway that.
0: And well, I think what the, that is though, what that's going to do is if you are renting, then you're uh, everything inside that unit that you're renting to somebody. Better be energy efficient. None. So you have to go replace everything, which is just not
1: as opposed to the ones that you buy for your own house. Because uh, according to this regulation, if I want to buy an energy inefficient thing, I have to go get it from Idaho. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe you can't buy but it at the I-
1: store. I can't buy it at the store. I can't buy it in Washington. I can't even go to neighboring Oregon because that's also on the list. But, and then the last uh r- a reason that they, uh that they decided to enact this is uh here. Y'all like this one to contribute to the economy of Washington by helping to better balance energy supply and demand. What exactly are they contributing to the economy of Washington by creating regulations that you can't do something? I guess they're contributing economic stagnation They're, They're adding uh, a, a giant anchor around the neck of the economy. Congratulations. Nice work, assholes. They're making you use less electricity. Yeah. And how does this contribute to the economy? Yeah. Freedom is the thing that makes the economy good. Regulations never improve the economy ever. It has never happened in the history of government. I could give you the economic explanation why it is literally impossible, but I'm not going to right now. So anyway, starting 18th of July. Um, Washington, uh, what what is the meat of the regulation? Uh, well, I pulled the computer section because that was the part that was interesting to me. Computers and computer monitors must meet the requirements in the California Code of Regulations, Title 20, Section 1605.3.
0: Now, are, is all of your existing stuff grandfathered in? Could you keep using very energy efficient
1: machines? It applies to new products sold, offered or installed in Washington. OK, so uh, they are not going to. They are not going to prevent me from using things that are already here yet. But if I ever need a new appliance or I ever need, if I ever need a new computer, I am no longer allowed to order this medium and alienware desktop that I admittedly, I wouldn't. But if I need a new uh, computer, a new computer, you should order it from out
0: of state. I mean, is this what is it? What's the law in? uh Well. Because obviously well, then, this is Dell won't even ship to those states. So now it, when is it, it going to be that the it energy- applies to
1: it applies to new products sold, offered or installed in Washington? And I think the out of state part is covered by the offered.
0: So, I mean, you're saying now if somebody like Amazon is selling the latest, greatest gamer video card and it takes up too much power, they won't be
1: allowed to ship them to you. And in- they, they won't. They won't be allowed to. They won't even be allowed to display it on their website, according to the my reading of this. <laughs> Uh, At least not to you. If, if you are, if, if they detect that you are in actually, and by the way, the way that Dell is doing this is it's displayed on the website just fine. But if you try to put it in your cart, it asks you for a shipping address. And if the shipping address is in one of those states, it will not let you put it in the cart. Nice. So, uh, and, and I imagine Amazon would be the same. That's the regulation. The regulation is that a lot of these products that, that by some arbitrary requirement require too much power are no longer something that you can get in California, Colorado, Hawaii, Oregon, Vermont, or Washington. Okay, by the way, yeah. I I would point out Vermont. One of these things is not like the other because every other one of those is left coast.
0: Well, and the oh, other and one by the way, Bernie Sanders,
1: Colorado people, you're on the left coast. You've been you've been drafted.
0: Well, Bernie Sanders brings the left coast to oh
1: Vermont. Vermont. Yep, that might do it.
0: But I want to know that this this is just going to create a whole new uh industry for people that can buy the material and then ship them to you because if amazon can't ship you that video card direct so say you can't buy the video card you want because amazon everybody says well no you live in washington what's to stop me from buying the video card and shipping it to you what kind of law could you pass for somebody that lives in a different state that are,
1: I might have I might have misspoken. I don't I didn't see anything in my initial reading that would ban a component of a computer being sold individually, because uh, at least in on uh, Hacker News, it was pointed out that there is absolutely nothing preventing you from buying all the, the components machine. and building your own machine. <laughs> that doesn't make the, any the, sense. The regulation very specifically covers, quote, computers and computer monitors. Um, okay. One
0: of them I thought you said was computer components, but that might just be in California.
1: Uh, the Cal, I, You know, the California one might and uh, those guys are so far gone. I, the thing that really bugs me about Washington in particular and, and Oregon is we have incredibly plentiful hydro energy. It is not it, we have the most woke legislature and governor on the left coast outside of the other left coast states, and they are so gung ho on treating electricity as if we are all going to suffer and die immediately. Um, We literally have rivers running down these very steep mountains nearby. We've put walls up. Electricity is one thing that we have in excess. It's of all the places in the country, electricity, we don't, We don't use coal or natural gas to generate power. It's almost all hydro. There's a lot of wind here, but it all sucks. There is solar here, but the sun never shines. It's hydro. It's hydro all day, every day. We don't even have nuclear plants here, although I think we should. But for some reason, hydropower, I don't know, it kills salmon or something because they really are, are hell bent on making sure that that here in the state with Plentiful hydroelectric power, which generates more than a dozen coal plants on the best day that we also need to act like we're in the third world.
0: Well, it's probably just some politicians in your area that need the extra electricity to mine Bitcoin. So they want you to cut down so they can use the extra power that's being generated anyway because the, the water never stops. So they, they're just using that extra power to mine for Bitcoin or something.
1: Maybe that's
0: it. It's not a bad scam. If you can pull it off, I guess uh, government. Yeah, being in government, I guess. Why, why are we? Why are we complaining about government? Why aren't we just in government? Yeah,
1: maybe we should. We should just get government pure. Do you think we could? Uh, I don't know if you noticed. I, I have a slight problem with authority. But what
0: if you were the authority? I mean, you would have a problem with yourself.
1: <laughs> I mean, I can walk in and claim to be the authority, but getting everybody else to believe me is is a little tougher. It yeah. takes marketing.
0: Convincing people to elect you could be. Uh, could be interesting, but uh, hey, this is the beauty of a once-free country when they are limiting what you can buy, and we've been seeing this here for a long time. With the and as far as they've gone here, as far as I can tell, is the power company Commonwealth Edison is the main one here in Illinois in the Chicago area. They will give you rebates if you buy things that are more energy efficient. So this is how they convince people, you know, hey, get rid yes. of your old air conditioner, get rid of your old air purifier. Go buy a new one that's more efficient and and we'll give you a rebate. But as uh these systems they have now where you can buy the electricity at different rates scares the hell out of me with the hey, you know, during the the prime time, your electric could go way up. And it's like for me I'm like, never. Because one, I'm home all day. It's like 90 something degrees outside and the air conditioning has been pumping through this whole show. No, I guarantee you, if you were on one of those sliding scale things on a 90 degree day, your electricity is going to go from like seven cents a kilowatt hour to like, hey, it's 45 cents.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it
0: absolutely will. And it's like, I want nothing to do with that.
1: And uh, the fact I think that our, like, our electricity here is like five cents a kilowatt hour wholesale and another five cents of of government taxes. And, <laughs> yeah,
0: You got to love <laughs> it. But you know, I mean, that's that's not bad still for uh, for mining the for the crypto is you could get in on that.
1: Yeah, I could. You can get. In I, I'm that. not very good at it because I'm I'm too lazy. To, plus, plus, of course, you know, in in my state, my computer is required to shut off after a half hour of inactivity. <laughs> well, yeah, but how do they how do they enforce that again? Uh, I'm just kind of curious. Well, they're enforcing it, saying that you can't sell a computer which is configured out of the box for this. So anybody who doesn't know how to use the control panel are totally screwed
0: which is 95 percent of the people that use computers <laughs> maybe sadly. that's it sadly um but i've got one other story which i thought was interesting just because i had a uh a massive migraine last night and i've gotten these since i was about 18 oh, not 19 fun. years old and i never have really gotten the pain of the migraine i get the ocular thing which at first was very oh, yeah because yeah,
1: you need your eyes to get worse uh-huh
0: and uh you know so knowing what that is is helpful but it uh, it causes weird symptoms. If, if people out there have never had an ocular migraine, I know net gets them. And he's in the troll because uh, we've had this conversation before, but uh, they can cause my, a variety of my, my
1: wife gets them. And, and I know that, that she's got them because she goes into power saving mode and ev- the, the blinds get shut, and every light gets shut off.
0: Yeah. And you're just kind of like, I just want to close the eyes and be somewhere nice and cool is helpful. Um, you know, the first time I had one it was just like looking at somebody half their face was missing, which is a very concerning uh
1: That's that, that that's called a graphical glitch. Yeah,
0: that is definitely a graphical
1: glitch. I, either that or or somebody turned up the gore settings. Oh, and see NetNet just had one an hour ago. There's something weird going on, man. We uh, do have that effect on people. <laughs> that's
0: true. It's grumpy old Ben starts migraines everywhere just start yeah, just instant like that. Yes. And uh it's the you get like a um, you know, lights kind of going off like a fireworks display. It's not like having a retina detached because, you know, I've, I've seen that too, which is also much less fun.
1: This at least See, you know, another thing that doesn't sound like any fun. And I'm willing to take your word for.
0: Yeah. I mean, at least the, the migraine stuff, you know, is eventually going to go away. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I we had some pork shish kebabs yesterday. So it's possible. It was just the way the meat was processed or something. It's like, you got to buy everything that's not, processed oh, at so all
1: i'm gonna make you jealous in a moment um last night's dinner with shepherd's pie from our local irish place
0: see and they make it with, with the real, the real lamb. lamb i mean that's that's the only way to do it I, I love a good shepherd's pie but uh so i mean i had that and then usually for me there's no pain after i had a little yesterday but it's normally then you're just really tired you feel like crap still a little bit tired today but you know that eventually goes away but this was a study Which I thought was kind of interesting because they took virtual reality and they took a bunch of people and they made them watch a roller coaster, you know, experience a roller coaster, however you want to describe it, in virtual reality. And this is something for me. And we've talked about this.
1: I mean, I've done that at Disneyland like 30 years ago. It was called Star Tours.
0: Well, there was uh, there was also one that was actually in uh, Disney in the downtown area that was actually, you could create your own roller coaster and, and it would bring you like, do the upside down loop, which like star tours, they just kind of, they kind of rock you around a little
1: bit. Yeah, star tours, they just put the whole room on, on a, a gimbal of some kind and move it back and forth, which is still really cool. And which re- I mean, when, when you, when you put the room in a sealed gimbal and your only input is the screen, it actually works really well. Yes. When you look at the technology behind it, you're like, that's it. Yeah. That's,
0: It's almost amazing that that works as well as it does, but this was a pretty small study. They had 40 people, half who were regular migraine sufferers, and they found out that the people who were migraine sufferers were way more likely to get motion sickness and have some other symptoms while doing the virtual reality thing, which is a reason why I never, even when I really wanted to play like uh, all these first person shooter games, couldn't do it. It just it made me instantly motion sick, and you know, people are always like, well, you know, if you could just get through it, you know, do it for a couple hours, and you know, your brain all. So like, you,
1: wait, you you didn't even get to the part where a twelve year old was telling you he's going to fuck your grandma, <laughs> right? I never got which, into which that. Which is, is part of the first person shooter experience, I'm told.
0: Yes, I mean, I've never really got into that because immediately the only thing you know, like driving a car in the NASCAR games, never a problem, but walking things like that and any of this virtual reality stuff. So I mean. Even watching a video just on the big monitor in front of me of a roller coaster, there's a really good chance I'm going to get a little dizzy and be like, whoa, because there's something that's just wired in my brain, and they found out this is common with people that suffer from migraines. So, I mean, it's it's interesting because they still have very little concrete of what triggers these things off and how they can deal with them. So I thought this was a very interesting way to go about trying to see you know they they had people like an mri so you could see what parts of their brain were lighting up when they were doing the virtual reality roller coaster and all that so i mean technology can do good things i guess is uh one I, of the takeaways I, I, from it this it sounds
1: like it creates really pretty pictures too yeah
0: yeah well I, the, the the migraine auras could be quite pretty but it's it's really concerning <laughs> if you're probably trying not fun to, yeah. yeah and it's concerning yeah. if you're trying to well, drive at the time i mean that's bad
1: it's, well, it's, way to bring us down at the end of the show. I'm, is, I, I'm, I'm saddened by the your migraine experience. You know, but I thought this, I, I've seen what it does to my wife, and that's there's nothing fun about that.
0: No, and if you get the I, pain afterwards, then it's really hell. Yeah, I've never. I won't complain about that because I've never. I had, mean, I don't
1: usually get migraines, but I do give them.
0: Well, that is part of your superpower.
1: <laughs> yes, and on that terrible disappointment, it's time to end.
0: Oh. <coughs> well, we will oh, be, I be back. I stole that from Grand Tour. Yo. <laughs> we will be back on Friday to do a whole nother show about more depressing and angering things. Yay. And we, we want you to take part in all of this. So go to a dot slash donate and get in on that or go and sign up for the newsletter, which should probably go out more than once every six months. And uh, if do you have anything uh, that, because I know you're loving it now, this is the one way Ryan knows that grumpy old Ben's is actually making a dent in the world is the amount of people that have like pointed him towards links and stories.
1: Well, and and the donations help. Well, they do, but the, the one leads to the other. But yes. And
0: the more interesting yes. stories we have, then the more interesting yes, finding,
1: finding five decent stories. I, I I don't know if I've ever done that, but uh, finding, you know, four or five decent stories to bring to every show has become easier when I've got people randomly sending me links. Although uh, quality stories only, um, there there have been some that like hey, step up your game, please.
0: Yeah, and, oh, and don't it, be sad if is, your story doesn't make the show.
1: Yes, it might just be because I hate you. <laughs>
0: well, that's that's always a good default. Just like the uh, computer states, uh, that's always a good default to be in. And uh, but at least you would never block somebody. Oh wait, Harry Hamster, but he's well, he's, I, he's furry. That's
1: not technically block. The command is ignore or kick. Not block. One or the other, it's okay.
0: But everybody join us in the troll room, noon Eastern, Monday, Friday. We'll be back on Friday. And with that said, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America, just outside of Chirac, where, you know, a lot of people get killed, but we got pizza.
1: And from America's left coast, where you park your car bomb in the garage at your own risk, I'm Ryan Bemrose. <laughs>
0: i